2: how it feels to fuck on cocaine. Fuck. Yeah. 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 yeah! Yeah! That is a disgusting act. Yeah! Yeah! Lucha House on the show 244. I'm Leo. That's Adio.
0: Have no fear, the sports entertainers are here. I am the heel the seals the deal, the villain, the, station, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L-O-C. He's the man to put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the meat streets of Long Island.
1: Guns up, baby. Guns oh, yeah. Up.
0: Guns up, baby. Guns up. Oh,
1: yeah. Over there on TNT.
0: All but, uh, about the guns. All about the guns. Big gun guy over here. Big gun guy. But now What's going on, g- guys? Now people are going to think like I'm so like supportive of guns and shit. Hashtag <laughs> big, <laughs> big gun guy. <laughs> Everybody's going to think like I support guns. No, 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 no. I support <laughs> the bullet club, the gun
2: club. Okay? That's what I support.
0: Well, welcome to another episode
2: of the Lucha Outsider Show. Leo, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm all right. Uh, Here, right. You, you're awake. I'm awake today. Uh, <laughs> I have stuff to do, but I'm awake. Okay. Uh, just here enjoying the a little wrestling talk that you guys were having off camera. Yeah, like straight
0: mid-conversation, Leo goes like, all right, put the sound up, and we just stop <laughs> yeah, we, we lose half of the content <laughs> off camera. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, how are you, man?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, You know, not much going on. It's July already. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Uh, Time's flying.
0: So, yeah, doing all right. Yeah, yeah. July's already here. Yo, this year is just flying by, man. What the fuck? I feel like we... I just took, like, I don't know, like... I went to, like, I don't know, like, another room. I came back, and then we're already, like, half the year or something. Like, what the fuck is going on, man? We're already six months into 2023.
2: Welcome to adulthood. Ugh
1: yeah for real yeah it's crazy i can't even believe it but i don't know it's it's weird you, you try and live in the moment right like and not think about the future and all that stuff but every single day passes it's like you're one step closer to like you know just yes. the, your future and it's just it's weird it's a weird thing to think about um but yeah i don't know man it's time flies i guess when you're having fun i don't know are we having fun I yes, mean, it,
0: it's like a mixture of things, right? You know, it's like sometimes you kind of just wake up in the morning, especially like on a Monday, and you just wake up to one of these. Put my balance up, Leo. Nope.
2: Congratulations. That's pretty much, much what it yourself. is, like on a,
0: especially like on a Monday morning.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. Well, the weekends fly by, and uh, this is a weird one, too, because we got the 4th of July holiday on Tuesday, so, like, tomorrow's like a weird day. Everybody's working, but, like, then you have off the next day, and then you have to go back. It's just a weird, weird well, thing. Well,
0: I'm glad you brought that up. And we're going to get to the wrestling, but I'm glad you brought up the whole 4th of July thing, all right? Because Leo asked me, right, before you got on, <laughs> Leo goes like, you're working tomorrow? Leo, how long do you know me for? A long time. What have I always told you about my holidays off in my job?
2: I only get off on Monday, Tuesday, and that's
0: not what That's not what I say. <laughs> Sorry. That's not what I said. I only get off. First of all, that was a terrible impression of me, but I only get off Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. That's all I get off. Yeah. That's all I get off. So guess what? I have to work 4th of July, alright? That doesn't. It doesn't... Listen, Ryan, we work at my job, we work on Labor Day. Labor Day! We have to put physical labor on Labor Day.
1: (laughs) God damn, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Rough. That is a rough
0: one. I'm telling you, man. Like, listen. That's why I'm like, you get like holiday pay though, at least. No, we get holiday pay, right? Yeah. We do we get s- we get the yeah. holiday pay and we get the gimmicks, you know, uh, time and a half, all that stuff. So, it, but you know, I, I work a listen. I'm a blue collar guy, all right. You know, hard working labor, dirty, physical stuff. I'm always running around and shit. Like, I didn't get home from, like Friday night. I didn't get home till like eleven o'clock. All right. I started at noon. All right. So, so, I mean, that's just how my job is. You know, it is what it is. You know, it pays yeah. the bills.
1: You got to make money somehow. Right. So right. right. But
0: you yeah, only money. three, hit, three holidays off. That's all I got. That's it. Don't ask me about Labor Day. Don't ask me about Memorial Day. Listen, the only reason I have Memorial Labor Day off is because I request off so I can travel.
1: Think about it. Thank AEW for giving me those <laughs> holidays off.
0: Oh, man, that's so funny. All right, let's get into the wrestling before we get started. tag, Rebel time. All right, bro, let's get started. So this episode, we're going to talk about two events and pretty much a little bit of stuff in between all that. Forbidden Door and Money in the Bank. There really isn't anything else to talk about besides those two things. So let's get started with Money in the Bank. What a fantastic pay-per-view from WWE uh, yesterday. I was going to say last night, but it happened in the afternoon. Well, last night over there in the UK time, but for us it was in the afternoon. You know, I've been saying this time and time again. We've discussed it on here, uh, Ryan. And maybe Leo could, you know, throw his little input there if he agrees or not. But when it comes to these bigger shows outside of the U.S., you know, we had Backlash in Puerto Rico. We also had um, elimination chamber, the chamber of elimination, Canada. Yesterday, we had uh, Money in the Bank in the UK, London. Yo, that fan base just hits different because they just appreciate these shows because they don't get it as often as we do, right? Mm-hmm. And I know some of these peckerheads are probably gonna feel a certain type of way when I say this, but you know we're spoiled out here, all right? We take not necessarily saying us three, but a good portion of the audience takes these shows for granted. And they bitch and moan about shit that is not even fucking important. This audience out here in the outside of the U.S., they value these big shows.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. Like like you said, they're starving for these shows and, you know, they make the most of it whenever they do get them. And, uh, man, it's crazy that this is like the first uh, pay-per-view, PLE, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the U.K., or in London specifically, God, I think I saw since like 2002, 2003 or something like that. And it was some crazy stat too from when they went to Puerto Rico. It was like the first show that they've done there um, in a long, long time too. So it's kind of weird how like they've only gotten, I guess, live events, you know, house shows and stuff um, for years upon years upon years. They deserve big shows like this, man. I mean, it really makes at home like me and you and everybody else in the States here watching, it makes it feel special and makes a thousand percent um and it really enhances the the quality of the show too in my opinion um you know it was just a fun watch you know the crowd gets into it man they're singing all the theme songs all their chants i mean they're popping for like big moves and kickouts and uh you know like you said we're spoiled here in the states man like we don't uh not to say that the 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 fan base here in the states doesn't uh, you know do the, those type of things? Like they do, sing some songs mm. or whatever. But it's not even on the same level. No, uh, it's not even comparable. Like it was in the UK. So yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic show from top to bottom, um, and I'm sure it still would have been if it was in the states. But having it being overseas, man, just made the show that much more more special.
0: Leo, do you think I'm? Um, and I know you got some stuff to do, but Leo, do you oh, think that- I'm a? I'm um, I'm I'm, I'm far fetched, or maybe I'm stepping like over the line by no. saying like hey these these shows that happen outside of the US they just hit different and they the audience just values these bigger shows more than we do cuz well, we're spoiled.
2: Well, just remember too that uh the guy the guys and girls they're performers, right? So they perform and they feed off the crowd. So if you make a move and the crowd goes crazy, you're going to go up and perform better. The next move and the next move and the next move. So the audience in itself adds another layer. They're, they, uh, Whether we like it or not, they are the fourth performer, right? But by being the fourth performer, you also have to help out the guys that are in, in, in the ring themselves. So with that being said, yeah, the, they, uh, they enjoy everything much more. They uh, react to everything much more. Hence, it gives it a better feel for the show. Yeah, I agree. I agree one thousand percent. So I can't believe I called the fans the fourth performers.
0: I mean, listen, <laughs> you know, not to go, not to, but, but listen, not to jump too far ahead. But you know, when John Cena made the shocking return, which nobody had this on their bingo card, he yeah. said, he said, rightfully so, you guys are the show. You guys are man. part of the show, and he's not wrong for saying that. And yeah. listen, man, I just love this this era in wrestling that we are now, that how finally after decades of us booing John Cena, man, this guy is just getting all the cheers that he deserved, right? Not to, Listen, guy. John Cena was never a bad guy, all right? He wasn't even a terrible wrestler. It's just the fact that a, mo- a good portion of those title wins, maybe he should have been champion, right? Maybe he's getting pushed a little bit too much. But, like, overall, he was never a bad guy. And I just love, I love seeing his reaction to even... Man, I'm used to coming out here and you guys singing John Cena sucks and you guys switched it up on me saying like, hey, my time is now. I just I love that genuine reaction from John Cena. And listen, if you're I'm sure there is. But like if you're in the minority that is still booing John Cena, you get the biggest congratulations. You played yourself because ain't nobody booing John Cena anymore in fucking 2023. Let me tell you. Congratulations. You played yourself.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, no. It's funny how that works. And what's that saying? Absence makes the heart grow fonder, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the the more time away, the more I feel like everybody appreciates Cena even more. And obviously it's way too late now. I mean, the guy's never going to be a full-time wrestler ever again. And he basically said like what he gave us at WrestleMania 39 against Austin, um, Austin Theory was the best that we're going to get out of him. And I i don't know. I don't really know if I believe that. I think, you know, he was just – he's very worried of getting hurt, obviously. And it's he's...
0: also Austin Theory. Come on. <laughs> Where's uh, Austin Theory? Where is he?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's, you know, he – that, that win, win nothing for him, mm-hmm. essentially. But, um, yeah, John Cena being back was a great moment. And like I said, it was unbelievable that, like, you know – Being wrestling fans nowadays with the access of the internet and all these dirt sheets and stuff, we are spoiled. We never have anything um, like no shock, you know, returns or surprises because we already know all the rumors and stuff. I mean, uh, you know, that's only if you read them. But I mean, I think everybody who has access to the internet and is a wrestling fan reads this stuff nowadays. Mm -hmm. So you rarely ever get this like shock, um, you know, returns or moments like this. And boy, did we get it, man! I I honestly wasn't even paying attention. I was looking at my phone at the time, and then I thought they were just playing like a video package or something with this with this theme song. And then when I look up and I see like the the crowd, and I'm like, holy shit! Like he's actually coming out. Absolutely stunned, but I love love moments like this.
0: Now nah, it was a great moment. Um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about John Cena in a little bit, but let, let's get started with this um, first match. It was the Money in the Bank men's ladder match, and dude, they. They beat the crap out of each other in this fucking match, man. There was a lot of crazy spots here. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about, like, who could potentially win this match, I said, listen, I think anybody got a shot besides Ricochet, All (laughs) right? I went on record saying that. Uh, From that point on, they added Logan Paul into it, which I think was a great move. And I think the second Logan Paul got into the match, I think a lot of people thought, like, hey, they might fuck around, put this briefcase on him. But I think there was only two directions to go. One was either LA Knight or Damian Priest. They went with Damian Priest, and I'm not mad about that. Damian Priest deserves it. in In the last couple of months, you could pretty much just say this whole year he's proven that he's a main event player. Um, whether it's the stuff with Bad Bunny, you know, the matches he has with Seth Rollins, he he could be the guy. And just him holding the Money in the Bank, I hope he holds it long. So eventually he cashes in on a world title. Don't want to see him cashing into a mid-card title. No, it has to be a world championship. Why not, man? I think he's beyond deserving.
1: Yeah, this. I, I forget if he got added to the match. Um, I, I guess you know we were off last week, so I forgot when he, he got added to the match. I don't know if we ever talked about it, but as soon as he got added to the match, that was my guy right off the bat. I was like, this is the only guy that makes sense in my opinion. Listen, the LA Knight thing... Listen, when the guy gets over organically like this, it's great. I mean, how could you not respect it? How could you not, you know, be all on board with it? If he would have won, that's fine. I really I have nothing against L.A. Knight, OK? I just I'm not one of those guys that is popping huge for him every time he, he gets he comes on my television screen. I don't really understand the hype behind him. I mean, listen, he's great on the mic, sure, but once he gets in the ring and the bell rings, I mean, I don't think he's that great in ring. I mean, he's not bad, but I just don't see anything all that
0: special he, about this. He's, right? he's Mr. Jace. He,
1: I mean, yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good comparison. I think it's a fair, fair comparison. And, th- as and well. this is
0: not a knock on Miz. I'm not by missi- me saying Mr. Jace. That's not a knock on Miz or a knock on La Knight. They just wrestle a safe WWE style, and there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I just, like I said, personally, I don't see it. And how everybody, you know, I know everybody thought he was the favorite to win. WWE rarely ever gives you who you want to win just because you're into them as a crowd, okay? LA Knight has been losing matches on TV, like, every single week for the past few months. Why would he just randomly get the briefcase and, like, go on a run with this? Like, to me, it never made sense. Damian Priest, you know, you tie in the Judgment Day storyline where him and, and Finn Balor are at odds, it seems, and there could potentially be a new member coming into Judgment Day. I felt like the story just fit perfectly there and now you have Rhea holding the the women's championship you have Damian Priest holding the men's briefcase you have Finn Balor who just failed to you know beat Seth Rollins now he don't have anything I know Dom doesn't have anything either but there's that's going to create a little bit more tension and I just think Damian Priest made the most sense in my opinion and I'm really glad they went with him this dude I I could legit see him cashing in on the world heavyweight champion whether it's Seth Rollins whether it, it ends up being Finn Balor somewhere down the line and then he holds that belt for, you know, a decent run because I think this guy has it. And he's, I don't know if I want to say the future because it's weird to say, you know, this guy's the future. I think he's, like, up there in age. But, like, he's a guy I could see carrying, you know, the company um, as a world champion. So, yeah, the match was great. I thought it was booked really, really fun. Uh, a lot of great spots. 1,000%. And, uh, I, no complaints on this one.
0: Yeah, you know, the thing is, too, with, um, and I want to go back to Damian Priest, but when it comes to LA Knight, too, I think people forget, like, listen, just because he didn't win Money in the Bank doesn't mean that we, that the company doesn't value him and doesn't see anything with him. Listen, after watching the reactions LA Knight is getting, also fast forward how they gave Grayson Waller that spot Yeah, with, with John Cena, I'm like, yo, get Austin Theory out of here. Take that United States title, either put it on Grayson Waller or put it on LA Knight. I feel like they will do more with that title than Austin Theory. Here's a hot take. Grayson, Grayson Waller does a better Austin Theory than Austin Theory.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at <laughs> all. I'm a huge Grayson Waller guy, man. I think oh,
0: 1,000%. Listen, the he's thing, the thing with Grayson Waller is when he plays a douche, it's very believable. Yeah. Austin Theory plays a douche. It's not believable, but we still think he's a douche.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. 100% agree.
0: You could, you could still, especially with in the era that we're in with WWE now, like look at what Gunther's doing with the IC championship, right? Listen, I have no problem saying, Gunther might make our top 10 wrestlers of the year list. That's how great of a year he's having. And he's doing that with a mid-card championship. Who's to say we can't elevate the United States championship by putting it on a guy that either is super hot as a face or super hot as a heel? I just threw two guys there that could do that for the United States championship, either LA Knight or Grayson Waller.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. It seems like WWE has a more confidence in these guys than they do with Austin Theory. And, and you know, I, like you said, putting Grayson Waller in that spot with John Cena, man, that shows a lot. Like, mm-hmm. they trust this guy. They see value in this guy. I mean, clearly, I guess they see value in Austin Theory. I mean, they gave him the WrestleMania match I'm sure, Cena.
0: I, I'm sure Cena had probably something. Because Cena's not just going to work with anyone just because the company. Especially at this point in his career, right, Cena's calling all the shots. He probably sees something in this Waller kid, right? That's probably how he's looking at it, right? He's like, "Listen, this Austin Theory situation didn't work <laughs> out well. Let's try this. Let's try this, Grayson kid. Come on, let's let's try it because Austin Theory was a big congratulations for everyone."
1: <laughs> yeah, and he still is. He mm-hmm. still is. So uh, yeah, man, I I totally agree, man. I'm, I I'd rather see L.A. Knight at this point than Austin Theory oh, <laughs> as, as Yep. you guys I mean 100 even Grayson Waller too.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, back to the Money in the Bank. Listen, I'm a big fan of Damian Priest. Uh, this guy, since he showed up in WWE, because I wasn't a fan of Punishment Martinez, but when he his character, he got character development in WWE, and this guy has been great. And this Judgment Day thing, and the positions that the company has been putting in, he keeps proving he could be the guy. You know what I'm saying? And him holding this Money in the Bank briefcase, I hope he holds this briefcase wa- for a while. I don't want to see him cashing in in a month. Have him have a run with the briefcase for a while, like how he used to be.
1: Yeah, there's no reason why he should be rushing to cash it in anytime soon. Again, he's not cashing it in on Roman Reigns, okay? That's obviously way out of the question. And I don't see him cashing in right now on Seth Rollins either. I mean, hey, I guess never say never, but I just feel like there's just no reason for that right now. You know, if they were going to, if they didn't want Rollins to be the champion, he would have lost it to Finn Balor. He obviously retained it. I think now we're just going to see a little bit of more of dissension in the Judgment Day between, you know, Priest and, and Finn, and uh, you know we'll see where the story goes from there. And I'll, you know, let's just say too, like you said before, you weren't a fan of the uh, Punishment Martinez character in Ring of Honor. Neither was I. And let me tell you, I deserve a congratulations because I was one of those peckerheads. that was like
0: we we oh. all were. We all were. Too soon before he won the ROH you World Championship,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like one of those nerds and i was like this guy made a huge mistake clearly he proved me wrong because he has been nothing but a success really in wwe you know even in nxt at that north american championship run he came up um joined judgment day and he's been great so here's another accolade for him so i guess he didn't leave ring of honor too soon i guess he you know he, he bet on himself and it really paid off so good for the guy and um yeah i could definitely see him Carrying the torch, man, flying the flag for the company someday, maybe sooner than than later.
0: All right. Speaking of congratulations, all right. Let's talk about this women's tag match.
2: <laughs> congratulations, you we have yourself. To.
0: Okay. All right. This is this is what I want to just point out. Oh, whatever. This match, okay, had Vince booking ran all over it. All right. To me. And I listen. I know Triple H has made some mistakes. I'm not saying that Triple H has been perfect with his booking, but man, this just had this elements written all over it. You would think, in theory, if we're gonna put the straps back on Liv and Raquel, right? Which I'm totally fine with that. I I want Raquel and Liv to have a run with these tag titles, okay? Because I like them both. If we're gonna put this the straps back on them, why don't we have some conflict in the match? where there's some miscommunication between Ronda and Shayna, they lose the match, and then Shayna could turn on Ronda. Or maybe Ronda could turn on Shayna, because people love Shayna. They just don't like Ronda. Okay? Yeah. But no, for no apparent reason, just because there was like a blind tag or a quote-unquote aggressive tag, because I, I saw some of the WWE lawyers, loyalists point this out. I'm like, this still doesn't make sense. That's the reason why we got the Shayna turn. So she pretty much cost herself the tag titles just yeah. to turn on Ronda. That makes no fucking sense at all, especially because you just unified the women's tag titles with the NXT tag titles, what was it, like a, two weeks ago? So you did yep. all this run with with Ronda and Shayna for nothing. Just to get a turn? I hated this booking. Like I said, do not mind uh, Liv and Raquel holding these tag titles. Listen, to be quite honest, these tag titles haven't mattered since Sasha and Bayley held them back in the fucking Thunderdome era. That was the last time these titles even mattered, okay? They... I don't want these titles to go away cuz I feel like you could you could use them. You could do something with them. It gives the women more options to uh, to 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 go after some gold, right? But come on, let's put some effort into the booking decision. So, let Liv and Raquel hold these titles for a while. Let them rock with them for till the end of the year going into next year. Give them a run with these tag titles.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is uh I mean, yeah, it really made no sense from the start. Uh, listen, I when Shayna and Ronda won the tag titles, I know a lot of people were bitching and moaning. I was just like, whatever. I mean, at this point, I don't even care who the hell holds these belts because they're meaningless. Like you said, they mean nothing. It doesn't matter at all. But I know it was something that Shayna and Ronda wanted to do. They're real life friends. They're believable. Um, you know, they're a believable tag team, I guess you could say. Um, and, you know, I just read this morning from Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer that Ronda Rousey has a hard out. Um, of her contract meaning like she has a date in mind i don't he didn't say when that date was um that she's out she's done that's her last date and um i don't know if she's just gonna ride off into the sunset i mean let's all hope that happens
0: <laughs> get out of here. get out of my tv i don't want to see her anymore
1: let's hope let's hope that happens um but him saying that uh he basically said, like, they sped up plans to do a Shayna versus Ronda program because that's what Ronda wanted, her last thing. Shayna better she- go
0: over. Shayna better go over.
1: Yeah, especially if Ronda's leaving and not coming back. I mean, why wouldn't she put Shayna over? And I think Ronda's been pretty good in that respect. I mean, I really can't say anything bad about her when it comes to that. I know she was a big proponent of Liv Morgan's. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yep, 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 not- yep.
1: She wanted to put him over. So I'm not going to. Sit here and be like, "Oh, Ronda's going to bury Shane on the way out." I don't think it's going to happen. She wants the best for Shane, Obviously, she knows shane has got a future in this business more so than she does. But yeah, I mean, like you said, mid match when <laughs> you know the titles are on the line, still like they're they're the champions. Like, why would you just cost yourself the championships just to turn on your friend for what? Like, to give up a title, like, it means nothing. They should have just had, like you said, some miscommunication happen, um, which I guess they did. I didn't even notice the blind tag. I, I'll be honest, did not pay attention to this match until the Shayna turn and, and you know, yeah. they're going up to the military. And then I, I probably poked my head up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, there's so many other ways. They just could have done it the obvious way. After the match, they lose the titles and then Shayna turns. It didn't need to be mid-match. I hate when the shit if you listen to the show religiously you know how much it bothers me when shit in pro wrestling doesn't make sense all i ask is for my shit to make sense it's really not asking for much um at least i don't think it is and when shit don't make sense man it just drives me nuts and this drove me nuts like i said not that i even care about the tag titles or any of these the you know these women are uh, that much but again i just when i'm watching something and it's just not believable i'm like
0: what the fuck am i watching it, it was just an idiotic booking decision. That's why I was like, listen, that's why I b- b- posted it on, on our social media. This could only be one man booking influence. Listen, Triple H has done mistakes, but I don't think Triple H is that insane. That would make a convoluted mess like that. I just don't, th- I don't believe that. I refuse he- to believe that.
1: I think he's, he's smarter in terms of this too. I, it- most likely was Vince. I mean, hey, maybe Vince gets to have the say on things like this that we don't really care about, the women's tag titles. If that's the case, if that's what he wants, then that's fine. As long as you leave the 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 top things like Bloodline and and nah, Bing, yeah.
0: Nah, the triple, yeah. I'm all right. All right. Match three. Gunther defending the IC Championship against Matt Riddle. This match was what it was, all right? I'm not going to say this was a fantastic match. It was more of Gunther just destroying Matt Riddle, which I personally don't. You know, I I don't mind that, especially with Matt Riddle selling a foot injury. Gunther was heavily attacking that. But this was all just a catalyst to get the returning Drew McIntyre, baby. Drew's back. Looks like he's going after Gunther. So I think we're going to get a one-on-one at SummerSlam between Gunther and McIntyre.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great to see Drew back. I was very happy to see, I guess, whatever issues he's had with the company. They've gotten resolved, I guess, for the time being. I don't know if they promised Drew the match at SummerSlam, which is why they, gave, they he's back. You know, I know he had problems with the creative direction he was doing or whatever um, the case may be. Um, maybe he's the one to dethrone Gunther. I don't know. Because I mean, at this point, it's like, it's almost like Roman Reigns' um, scenario. It's like, who is going to beat Gunther, right? Like, at this point, who's left? And I think, you know, him losing to Drew would not do any harm to Gunther at all. I mean, losing to a guy who's almost the same size as him... Um, I wouldn't hate that. I don't know if that's going to happen. That's just me speculating. But, yeah, it's great to see Drew back. He had a great reaction. He looked uh, healthy and looked revitalized and just... Uh,
0: yeah, we looked great. And the crowd popped huge for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, rightfully so. I think he's been missed ever since. I think WrestleMania was the last time we saw him. Yeah, uh, so yeah.
0: a while, so... Yeah. I think, especially with, with characters like... Well, I feel... Not saying that Gunther isn't Teflon. I think he's in a great position. But, like, Roman is Teflon, right? So, whenever he loses that championship, like, whatever. Like, Roman's going to be fine. With Gunther, yeah. I feel like with such a image that Gunther has, right? It's like, all right, when he drops the IC championship, what's next for him? Like, I want to see that with him, right? Now, unless he takes a little break and then, like, let's say, hypothetically speaking, right? This is without me knowing anything. Let's say he drops the title Survivor Series. I'm just throwing that out there he drops the ic championship survivor series we don't see him in december he makes his return at the rumble and then wins the rumble now that's something bro that's something
1: yeah no i agree i agree i think you keep, can't especially after this run that he's on you can't have him just drop the belt and then do a whole lot of nothing like he's got to take that next step forward whether that's going into the main event picture and challenging roman or challenging uh the world heavyweight champion at the time I don't know. But um, yeah, I agree. They got to be very careful with this because of all the work that they put in with Gunther for the past year and a half. I mean, you don't want to just throw that all the way just because, well, it's time for him to lose the belt. But now we really don't even know what to do with him. So they got to be very careful with that. Um, Like I said, I don't know if it's going to be Drew that's going to be the one to beat him. I just feel like if it's not Drew, wasn't Sheamus. I mean, it's just I mean, who is it at this point? You know, so Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how they book this, um, where it goes, but I agree with you hundred percent. The next move after this for Gunther has to be a top spot. Like he needs to be featured in a in a big spot. You can't just have him doing nothing.
0: One thousand percent. All right. Match four, Cody Rhodes against Dominic Mysterio. I was pretty shocked that Cody won this. I'm not hating it. Not hating it. And I know you've been very, very not critical, but you've been very open on your feelings like, hey, Cody should have went over at, uh, against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. And listen, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But what I will say is, man, Cody has not lost any steam when it comes to like that fan base, bro. And what I love about it, especially when it comes to like these outside shows, is that, listen, Cody Rhodes is an American nightmare. But in his gear, he also will throw in, like, a flag or of wherever he's at. He did it for backlash. He did it last night in the UK in his like um his jacket gimmick, his entrance jacket gimmick. And man, that seeing that crowd sing his theme song word for word, not just the woes, but word for word. Man, that energy is just like it's hard to explain, man. You can even tell it from the performers' faces, especially Cody. You could tell how generally Cody how how happy Cody is. It kind of reminded me of um remember last year during all that weekend, remember uh, WWE ran a UK show? And remember Edge came out and they were singing his song word for word. It kind of reminded me of that. The match was fine. I thought um, Dominic and-, and Cody had an entertaining match. But Cody Rhodes went over, clean, and no appearance from Brock Lesnar. So let's see if we get him Monday Night Raw. Because if the rumor is true that we're getting Brock and Cody 3 at SummerSlam, Brock's got to be coming down the pike at some point
1: yeah i was really surprised i thought you know he was going to come in and cost cody the match give dom the win um or even post-match cody wins and then we just get brock um you know i I thought especially being in london too like we already um you know we got drew obviously we ended up getting john cena i figured we just get brock too i mean why not give give london you know brock lesnar i'm sure they'd be dying to see him over there so uh Yeah, I was pretty surprised at that. I mean, it probably will happen on Raw, if not this week, next week, because you got to start building a SummerSlam. I believe that's the next pay-per-view. So, um, yeah, I was pretty surprised. The the Cody-Dom match, I mean, the crowd was into it, you know? I mean, the the match was whatever. It was fine, you know? I just feel like after it was over and Cody goes over clean, it's just like you're waiting for something to happen, and then it doesn't, and then you're just kind of like, all right, well, why did that even need to happen you know like i still don't even know why cody faced dom um i it, it really never made sense um i don't know but like you said it's good that cody's still getting that crowd reaction that's a that's a great sign if wwe still wants to do this rematch with roman somewhere down the line possibly at wrestlemania next year it's a great sign that the fans are still invested in him so uh yeah i guess we'll see when brock appears next and what that stipulation matches at SummerSlam between those two guys and then Again, after the Brock feud, it's like, then what do you do with Cody, you know? Like, I, I don't know. So, I guess time will tell.
0: You know, I w- ended up watching the the press scrum. Because, you know, now WWE is doing these press scrums. Like, just yeah. like AEW. And just like AEW, let me tell you. There's some good questions, but then there's some god-awful ones, man. Let, I I don't know how you could work for, like, a, some type of conglomerate. Some type of, you know, whatever it is that you're working for, right? Whether you're reporting wrestling or sports news or whatever. And you go up there and ask some of the stupidest fucking questions. Let me tell you. I some some jackass yesterday asked Damian Priest about Bad Bunny and Bad Bunny joining the Judgment Day. You fucking moron. Damian Priest played the shit played him out too. So good for him. But man, it's like what what processes in your brain to ask these idiotic questions. You know what I'm saying? But during the press scrum, um, this one dude did ask Cody. Now this is a good question, okay? The 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 dude ended up asking Cody Rhodes, like, "Hey, if somewhere down the line you win the world heavyweight championship, is that finishing your story?" And Cody Rhodes said, "As listen, as much as I love what Seth is doing for the title, and hey, I would love to be world heavyweight champion. No, that's not finishing the story. He still put the title over and and put Seth Rollins over on." What an incredible job he's doing with that title, but he says no because the, to, the, to finish his story, it has to go back to his dad, and it's the title that his dad never held, which is the WWE Championship, which is the title that Roman Reigns is holding now since they unified all that lineage. You know what I'm saying? So that's the title that Cody uh, wants to finish the story with. He doesn't say that, hey, if I win the World Heavyweight Champion, I'm not going to be proud to be the World Champion. But no, the title I want is the title that Roman's holding now. Yeah,
1: no. I mean, I think that was pretty clear. Um, you know, I mean, if you've been paying attention to the product and especially to Cody's mm-hmm. story, yep, um, that's been pretty clear the whole entire time that it's got to be the WWE Championship. It's that's the one that eluded Dusty. Yep. That's the that's that's the one he's been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's it's it doesn't mean that he's not going to win the World Heavyweight Championship eventually mm-hmm. and be proud, like you said, to be the champion. But that's not finishing the story. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's really not like, you know, I mean, it was a good question that the person asked. And I guess he just wanted some clarity yeah. behind that.
0: Now, that's uh, a great question. Not like, is Bad Bunny going to joint judgment thing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's just idiotic. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I think it has been pretty clear from the start. <laughs> and I don't know if. When that's going to happen yep. <laughs> at this point, I mean, you would think it has to happen, right? I mean, Cody wouldn't keep talking about the story, the story, finishing the story, if it was never going to happen, right? Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's been pretty clear from the start, and I don't know. We'll see We'll see where this Roman thing goes. I mean, I don't think uh, he's going to drop the belt this year. I think it's going to have to be next year at WrestleMania, but then again, who the hell knows at this point, man? I wouldn't be shocked if he's the champion for the next five years at this point, you know? Nothing would surprise me anymore. <laughs>
0: Raise that one up, baby. Raise that one. Yeah, raise it up for. <laughs> oh man, Ryan's so over it.
1: Daisy <laughs> oh. he, he hasn't freaking defended a belt since. That that, me.
0: that that bugs me too. That bugs me too. As much as much as like I like to, and I I do like the the work that Rome is doing, and I do not mind him being still champion. But I, the the one thing that does bug me is like how he hasn't defended the title since Mania. That, that's just no, nuts, nuts. Oh, but he, like, de- he defended in a house show. We're not counting that. That doesn't fucking count. We're talking about on a pay-per-view or on a SmackDown. That's what we're talking about. Right. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, so we mentioned John Cena. Big pop from, from the, the UK crowd. The London crowd just gave him such a fucking amazing ovation. We got the Grayson Wallace stuff, blah, blah, blah. And just goes, goes to show you that not only the company, WWE, a lot in Grayson Waller, but also John Cena, because I don't think John Cena would agree to something like this if he didn't see something in this kid. You know what I'm saying? So good for Grayson Waller. That's a great spot for him. But what I want to talk about here is how John Cena mentioned, like, hey, the possibility of WrestleMania going to UK, London, etc." And this kind of goes back to a conversation we had, like, I think a couple months ago, how these outside places, right, like whether it was – Montreal and Canada, and we spoke about Puerto Rico, they deserve more bigger pay-per-views, right? Now, WrestleMania, Triple H did go on record during the press scrum saying that, you know, logistically, it's kind of harder to do, like, let's say a WrestleMania in somewhere, like, let's say the UK, right? And I feel like logistically he means by that is like, you know, you got the SmackDown, the Monday Night Raws, and the time difference, blah, 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 like, Are we gonna like? At the end of the day, we're the main consumer, right? Like, the U.S., right? We're like the main consumer for the WWE. Not saying that other people don't watch WWE, but we're the main consumer, right? So it's like, are we gonna adjust our time frame to watch WrestleMania? And listen, we're wrestling, Marshall. We'll probably do it anyway. But that's not the point. So it's just like, are we gonna adjust? Are we gonna adjust to? the time for it to watch WrestleMania. Listen, WrestleMania at 3 o'clock in the afternoon does not sound like a bad idea, but that's a, that's another discussion for another day. But then you also have, like, you know, the access shit and all that other stuff, and then, you know, this has nothing to do with WWE, but, like, you also got to think about, like, listen, when WrestleMania happens, you have all these other companies piggyback off that, right? So are, like, the GCWs, the Ring of Honors, like, all these other, the WrestleCons, uh, whatever it is, are they going <laughs> to... Take these flights to the UK or London to do the same thing too. I mean, that's not WWE's problem. But the, that. right. But the consumer, if they're going to these shows, they're also attending WrestleMania, right? So it kind of all has like a weird connection. But what's interesting about this whole conversation is that a lot of people that attended these house shows out in the UK and attended the SmackDown and attended last night's Money in the Bank I don't. I think that this happened to us. Maybe it happened when we went to Survivor Series in Boston. You know, sometimes when we go to these shows or whatever, and they'll be like, "Hey, you know, type in your email or like write an email on here so we, you could take a survey." Or sometimes they'll do a survey right at the venue. Well, apparently, the rumor is in this survey, two of the shows that were listed for possible locations to come back to the UK, specifically London or around that area, is the Royal Rumble, and also SummerSlam. Now, that, to me, is more plausible doing yeah. than a WrestleMania out in the U.K., which if they if they go that route, fucking why not? Master one watching the Royal Rumble or SummerSlam at 3 in the afternoon. That's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you said it best. I, I think, you know, you're a real diehard wrestling mark. I mean, like us and everybody else. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll watch it. I mean, we did it yesterday. We watched it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. And it was great. Like,
0: it was great. Yeah.
1: It was fine, yeah. Like listen, I had I sat in my backyard, it was a nice day. I went in the pool, I freaking grilled some burgers. Oh some, yeah. Grilling and grilling.
0: Beef.
1: It was great, man, it was awesome. I loved like the, the three o'clock start. It was perfect. And hey, I would do it for WrestleMania. I mean, I don't like I said, I don't really care. I listen, wrestling is our lives. We pretty much adjust <laughs> our our lively schedules based around these wrestling <laughs> right, shows. Right, I mean, right, 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 right. But yeah, like you said, logistically i just don't i just don't see it ever happening and i mean the fact that john cena teased it though that's big i mean they must be at least considering it because yeah. why would you have john cena go out there and tease this right. if it was right. ever even a thought of happening right and i i hate to be that guy you know but this has to be some sort of I don't even know how, how to even say it. It's got to be some sort of uh, result of AEW selling out or being close to selling out Wembley Stadium. The fact that all this.
0: I, mean, I agree.
1: You're just like, there's got to be some sort of connection there. Um,
0: Listen, it's a hot market that wants these shows. That's what it is. It's a hot market that they're hungry. For these big shows. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure they're happy with the house shows. Listen, you got Progress. You got all these other independent companies that I'm sure they, you know, they're hungry for that too, right? But I'm talking about, like, the big dogs. Like, a big show like last night. Money in the Bank. Listen, Triple H went on record during the media scrum that the, the SmackDown was, like, the highest gross, like, SmackDown. I don't know. I forgot what the number was, but he said, like, of all time. And that's, to me, that's nuts. Think about that shit. Think of all the places WWE has traveled and done shows for. To hit a number like that, That Triple H, uh, like, emphasized that. Like, that's big. You got to think about that. So, like, that market out there, they're hungry for it. And you know what? They fucking deserve it. All right? We're out here, and I'll say it again. We're spoiled. We get it constantly. And some of us, not saying me or you, some of us don't appreciate it, okay? So, why not do some more of these bigger shows in other countries? Why not? I'm here for it. I think more so than having a WrestleMania over
1: there, I think the solution is just to give them one big pay per view a year, you know, or maybe even two. I don't even care. I mean, listen, they do two shows um, in Saudi Arabia a year. So, like, even oh, if yeah, you give-
0: Money in the Sand. <laughs>
1: It, it doesn't even have to be. It could be like elimination chamber in London, and then you could do a no, you know, like a payback in September in London. Like I don't know. I mean, I think that's more. And like even you said, the Royal Rumble and SummerSlam. I think
0: that's more that, reasonable yeah, than a to me that's, that to me it, is more plausible than a mania. To be quite honest, which that, that to me that's still a win. A Rumble or fucking SummerSlam at, at UK. That's still a win to me.
1: And listen, many fans from the UK. Many, many, many fans. A good majority, I would say of wrestling fans in the U.K. travel to the States for 1,000%. WrestleMania ways. So it's not like those people over there are starving because they can't get over to the States. They've never seen a WrestleMania before. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some that are, like, dying for it because they, can't, they don't have the funds to travel or anything like that. But I just don't think it's going to work. I just think WrestleMania is a U.S.-based show. It's just how it it is. Um... If it ever happened in London, I would think that would be awesome. I would even consider going. I think that would be awesome to even go overseas. Uh, You know what?
0: It's funny you say that because I kind of thought of that too. (laughs) If they they was to do a mania in London, I'm like, you know what? Do I really want to go to London? I don't know. That might be something I want to check off the bucket list.
1: Exactly, yeah. So I may even go instead of, you know, worrying about watching it at 3 p.m. in the afternoon here in the States. But, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting they had John Cena go out there and tease this. Like I said, I just feel like they wouldn't have done that if the wheels weren't turning in somebody's head. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're just – I don't know. I really don't know what's going on. Um, I thought. I literally thought John Cena was going to announce – uh, WrestleMania 40, what is it, 41 was going to be there. I, I, thought, I thought that's where the segment was going.
0: Yo, uh, imagine that, oh, yo, that fucking crowd would have lost their fucking minds. But I'm with you, bro. Listen, logistically, I just don't see. Listen, I'm not saying that it can't ha- never happen, never say never, right? But logistically, I just don't see a WrestleMania happen in London. And that's not a knock to my my UK brothers and sisters. You know, I'm not trying to knock you all But what I do see being plausible, very plausible, is seeing a Royal Rumble or a SummerSlam at the UK. I feel like that is more plausible than a Mania. And yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's To me, that's still, it's still a big win.
1: Absolutely. I mean, God, a SummerSlam or a Rumble, I mean, absolutely. It's like, you know, it's not on the same scale as Mania, but you know what I mean. It's pretty close. It's, you man- know? it's, a,
0: it's Mania Jace. <laughs> right
1: these four big pay-per-views for nothing so mm. yeah we'll see what happens i guess but uh it's interesting
0: all right let's talk about this women's money in the bank match we had uh bailey becky lynch trish Alina vega zoe stark and eo sky question ryan by any chance did you hear about this new member of judgment day
1: this new member of judgment
0: day yeah did you hear about the how judgment day just got a new member out of nowhere
1: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Listen, let me tell you something. It <laughs> happens. It's not a big deal. But Samantha Irvin gets one of these. Congratulations. And listen, it's life. It's life. It's not a big deal, okay? Mistakes happen. But what's so funny about this? This is what's so funny about this. So the joke online is that Samantha had too much of Rhea Ripley on her mind because there was a there was a video that was uh that that WWE posted where Rhea Ripley's like. Like kind of like flirting with Samantha Irvin, just like looking at her. It was like at one of these uh, UK house shows, yeah, and yeah. like bl- I think like Rhea like blew her a kiss or something like that, and Samantha Irvin was like legit like blushing. And it was funny, it was cute or whatever, right? And um that was like the joke online saying like, oh, <laughs> that the reason why she's at Judgment Day is because she was thinking about Rhea Ripley. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe who knows? I mean, I, yeah, you know,
0: it's not it a ha- big deal. It's not a big deal.
1: Not. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really like. After she said that, she was probably like, oh, my God, like it was probably on her mind the whole rest of the night. She's probably still kicking herself over it. But, um, yeah, you know, like I said, I don't know what it takes to be a ring announcer like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, you're announcing somebody every single night over however many hours the shows are. Um, You know, it's bound you're bound to make a mistake. So, yeah, I mean, no big deal. I hope nobody backstage. I mean, no, no,
0: no, no, no. I'm sure she's fine. I'm sure have she
1: like any like heat on or anything because other than this mistake i mean she's always been fantastic i mean she's probably one of the best ring announcers that oh a
0: thousand percent i love it especially because i don't know if you've noticed this but depending she doesn't do this for everyone but like depending on like who that who the, the wrestler is she kind of adds like her little like she adds like a little twist to their like uh like when they announces them for example like you ever pay attention when she announce, announces Imperium. The way yeah. she says Ludwig Geyser is she adds like a little like a little spice to it. Yeah. Before she goes like really aggressive with Gunther, right? And then even with like Chelsea Green, right? She adds like um she won't be like, oh, come to the ring, Chelsea Green. She goes like Chelsea Green. Like she adds like a little like umph to it. And I think that's really cool. And it's like a different way of like of like these performers getting announced. Cause I don't think no other announcer has announced these wrestlers, like with their own, like specific, su- su- specific like announcement. It's weird, but I like it. It's different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She puts her own spin on it. You yeah. know, I that's, you know, she wants to be identified as doing that. And again, she wants to make the, the wrestler coming to the ring or whatever. She wants to just, you know, make it sound a little like, you know, cool and, and, you know, fit the vibe and, yeah, I, I I get a kick out of it. I'm you know, I, she's I great. enjoy her. She's great. And I love when they point they point the camera. I guess, you know, WWE posted on their socials afterwards, like when they have the camera on her and you can see her facials when she actually does it. Oh, because, She's you know, when-
0: so into it, bro. She's so into it. Well we but saw yeah. we saw it too. We saw it too at Survivor series like when she announced like the blow line. Not only does she put so much like energy into the uh, when she's announcing the blow line, but she's also jamming to the theme. I think that's so fucking cool.
1: She's so she's so into it, man. It's it's great. You love to see it. I mean, she's a woman of many talents too. I don't know if you saw like she just did like some like a talent show, or whatever yeah, too. Yeah. I you know, like uh she sang the national anthem at the Boston Red Sox baseball game recently. Like I know she's like
0: she's also like a musician. She plays like instruments too. If I'm not mistaken,
1: multi talented man.
0: Yeah, she's awesome. All right, let's talk about those women's tag match. I mean, women's tag match. The women's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Dude, I thought this match was great, man. I, I didn't think this ladder match disappointed at all. Uh, Trish Stratus, man, listen, she should not be doing this, but she's doing it for the love of the business. And she, you know, I think she messed messed up her nose a little bit, and she was taking some crazy bumps. But, you know, credit to her because, you know, she's Hall of Famer. She's doing this out of passion because she just loves it. And, you know, her and Becky had some great moments in this match. And ultimately, I love the ending because it kind of was like a playback before how EO was reaching for it and Bailey just pushed her off. And then the handcuffs played into the ending where Bailey and Becky were going at it. I don't know, like they, they Becky kind of just forgot that she was handcuffed and shit. And boom, EO comes out of over, handcuffs both of them. They're like stuck. They can't get out. And EO climbs over Bailey to get the briefcase. It was either, to me, it was either going to be ba- um, ba- Bailey, it was either going to be EO. Or Zoe Stark, but I think they made the absolute right decision with EO. Uh, she's awesome, man. And sky's the limit for her. No pun. I think, you know, sooner rather than later, she's going to be a women's world champion. And I can't wait for that because I think she's just an awesome performer.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. I think she was the one that made the most sense here for the women, um, especially after that reaction that she got um, at the Puerto Rico show mm-hmm. a couple months ago. man, I think that really showed WWE that they have something in her um And yeah, she's fantastic in the ring, and I think the story between her and and Bailey and the Damage Control, um again similar to Damian Priest and the Judgment Day. I feel like that it just it makes sense because the story is there, right? You have Finn Balor who's now going to be jealous of Damian Priest, especially after what Damian Priest did during Finn's match, and then you're going to have Bailey now mad at EO, and and there's going to be some tension there. So I just think it makes sense storyline wise. Um, for Io to go over, and I love the ending. I thought it was super creative, and as soon as she handcuffed them both, I said, all right, now she's got to go up there and win. Like, she has to pull the briefcase down now, because I think that'd be the perfect ending, especially because of what Bailey did earlier in the match when Io had the chance to, you know, to climb and get the briefcase. So she gets a little revenge there. I thought the match was really, uh, was fine for the most part, too. I thought like there was some good spots, and they all worked very, very hard together. Um, yeah, it's so funny seeing Trish Stratus in a match like this, you know, uh,
0: she shouldn't be doing it. it.
1: I mean, yeah, listen, she should be there strictly to mentor Zoe Stark. Um, I don't really need to see Trish in the ring anymore. You know, her promos are pretty bad lately too.
0: Well, she's uh, a heel. It's just not a believable heel.
1: Oh yeah. It's awful. Um, uh, but yeah, I thought the match was, was, was pretty good. And, uh, you know, you winning absolutely the right call, man. So I love both the men's and the women's money in the bank winners this year. I think they hit a home run on them. But now, let's see what they do with both of them, right? I mean, let's see how they're booked. I hope they both hold it for a while. I think this is, like, the longest. Unless EO is cashing in right now on somebody that we don't know, like, 24-7 title. She's probably the longest women's Money in the Bank holder that we've seen, right? I mean, I think we mentioned, you said Carmella.
0: Carmella and Nikki Cross, on the mistake, held it for, like, less than a month, I think.
1: Okay, all right. So then she has... Give or take. Of- Give or take. But, um... I think she'll do it, and I'm curious to see what the story is here with damage control.
0: I agree. I agree. Alright, uh, World Heavyweight Championship match, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. This match was cool, man. I really enjoyed this match. It wasn't nothing like, oh my God, match of the year caliber, but there's nothing wrong with that. They they still had a really good match. I think this match is another thing where it's like, you know, we have the match, but then it's like the background, like Damian Priest coming out, teasing he was going to cash in, then he tests down, and then When Finn Balor's about to hit the the coup de grace from the top rope, boom, Damian Priest looks like he's about to fucking get up. And what is he gonna do? Is he gonna try to cash in? What what is he trying? Is this payback for what Finn Balor tried to do like a month beforehand with Damian Priest? So there's some friction there between Damian Priest and Finn Balor. And I'm curious to see now that Damian Priest is now Mr. Money of the Bank or Senor Money of the Bank. How is Finn Balor going to feel about that? Like, there's going to be more tension with the Judgment Day, where does Dominic and Rhea stand in all this? So, this match ultimately, to me, right, while the match was fine, the match was good, Seth Rollins picks up a win, but it's more of a catalyst to see between what's going to happen between Finn Balor and Damian Priest.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I was expecting this match to be really good, and it was pretty good, but mm-hmm. it was a little too quick, yep. I think. Yep, I think they. He could have benefited from having a little bit more time. But like you said, I don't think they were out there to have a five-star caliber right. match They're there again to, you know, uh, move the story forward with Damien Priest and Finn Bauer. That's really what it was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see where it goes, but the seeds have, I mean, the seeds have been planted before this, uh, that there was going to be tension between those two guys. Right. And now even more so now, you know, the, the story is going to get a little bit more juicier from here. So, um, yeah, match was fine. Seth is still the champ. We'll see where he goes after this, uh, I don't know if this feud continues with Finn or whatnot, but, um, yeah, it was—it it served
0: its purpose. So, oh, one more thing about Seth. Uh, so during the press scrum, you know, Seth Rollins, he's another guy. He's just like Cody Rhodes. He's such a professional man, the way he just carries himself. And, like, that's, a, that's the type of guy you want to represent your company, right? So they had asked him um, how he just had the match with um, Braun Breaker and NXT, and is there, like, somebody else that, you know, he wants to, you know, praise or another person he would like to tangle it up with and the first person he said was Carmelo Hayes he put like there's there's a bromance happening there all right with with Carmelo Hayes and Seth Rollins and listen I'm here for it man both champions and I'm a big fan of Carmelo Hayes as well and even though I do not watch NXT but I catch clips here and there and Carmelo Hayes, I I think that's another guy that's going to be a a, a big star in in the future of WWE whenever he gets moved on to Raw or SmackDown. And he also uh, praised um, uh, Nathan Frazier, and he actually actually made fun of Nathan Frazier and goes like, listen, I got to mention my boy Nathan Frazier because he's going to fucking give me shit. Like, oh, how come you didn't put me over, mate? Like, he just started uh, making fun of Nathan Frazier, especially because... I don't know if people know this, but Nathan Frazier, when he was still in the Indies or whatever, he, um, if I'm not mistaken, he uh, he also trained in Seth Rollins' school, uh, the the Black and the Brave. If I'm mistaken, that's the name of, of his school. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, Seth Rollins putting those two guys over.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see it. I completely agree on your point with Carmelo Hayes. I mean, he just had that great match with Finn Balor on Raw, which mm-hmm. was great to see. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a little showcase match. You know, oh, a lot yeah. Of people. Upset that he got the uh, he he lost so everybody automatically just assumes this guy's being buried and this and that. I mean, listen, he's not going to go over the number one contender uh, on Raw, so it is what it is. But it's a nice showcase match, and I do think that this is another guy who has such a bright future. And yeah, I don't watch NXT either, but I mean, you if even if you don't watch NXT, you know you should know right by. I mean, be, you know, after Raw, especially that this guy, you know, is is one of the the top players that's going to be coming up eventually. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see, and uh, it's cool giving him uh, giving little Ben Carter the nod. Oh there. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it was so weird. I did not know until recently because again, I don't really watch NXT, and like, I really didn't know who the hell Nathan Frazier was, right? And then somebody I saw on Twitter was like, "Oh, Ben Carter from AEW has come a long way," and I'm like wait, Ben Carter. I'm like, I remember that guy. Like, everybody was clamoring for AEW to sign him when he was on that hot run. I was like, oh, that's that's who this is? Well, like, I had no idea. I totally forgot. So
0: the, the thing with me, how I know Ben Carter, is not even because of AEW. He used to do the GCW shows during the pandemic. That's yeah. how I knew Ben Carter. So, yeah. like, yeah, I know he did, like, a couple... He had a couple coffee, coffee in AEW. I think he was doing, like, some of the darks and whatever it was. But, like, I knew him from GCW. That's how I knew who he was. And then when I find out, like, he was, like partially trained with Ron's and trained in school. I'm like, oh, shit. Of course he... Why wouldn't he be good? Look who he trained with.
1: <laughs> hey, there you go. Exactly. All
0: right, bro. Let's talk about the main event. Man, oh, man, bro. The hottest story in all of wrestling was Bloodline Civil War, bro. Before the match even started, I love how while Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are still doing their own thing, right, they still get sammy Zayn involved slightly like more as like a background character in this story and i'm curious to see if this is going to eventually play a factor later on is kevin owens going to just be annoyed with him one day and just turn on sammy because he's so like still stuck on the line. i hope that doesn't happen anytime soon but like you could tell like if you watch these like, you know, like backstage segments or like even last night when they were watching it from the box or whatever, you know, Kevin Owens doesn't say much. He kind of looks annoyed. I was like, he's just over it at this point. Like, why are we still dealing with this bloodline shit? Can we just be tag champs? But Sammy, he still loves his boys. He still loves the Usos. He still loved his time in the bloodline. And he just mentioned how like Roman's gonna get what he deserves here. And listen, this match is fantastic. Another fucking banger from the bloodline. These four guys, man, the, the Uso, Solo, and Roman Reigns, they just can't do no wrong in my eyes, bro. They really can't, man. And while I do agree, the story they're telling does not need that Universal Championship. I do agree with that 1,000%. But nonetheless, man, this story and this match is fantastic. Um, I love like the little tidbits of like Roman Reigns slightly throwing temper tantrums. like He's in the apron saying, like, yo, this crowd is stupid. This crowd is stupid. Yo, this is the stupidest place I've ever been to. And, like, Sola give him, like, that side-eye to Rome, like, kind of, like, second-guessing, like, should I tag this guy in or whatever. But also, at the same time, listen, while Sola Sako is the enforcer, right? He's Samoa Joe Ajay's, right? Let's pretty much, that's what he is. He's Samoa Joe Ajay's. But he also, I like how they also emphasize, like, while he is the enforcer, he is, like, a man beast, at the same time, he's younger than everyone else, so he makes little mistakes, like even towards the tent- tail end of the match, he took too long to pull the trigger on Jimmy in that table spot, and that ended up costing him, so I love how they also play into that, like he's still the youngest, he still has a lot to learn, love that um, but this match was fantastic, bro and poetic justice I, I, th- I feel like would be the perfect um, phrase to say of the ending, where Jay's the one that picks up the win for uh for the usos and man that that crowd just ate it all up bro it really did man and like i said i this match i added to the list of, of matches and th- listen this list of matches there's a lot of matches that I, we're gonna have to cover but there's a lot of bloodline matches <laughs> or bloodline involvement when it comes to um the the top 10 matches we got to cover at the end of the year but um dude i love this story bro i really do man um i love all four guys I love Jay getting this moment. And listen, Jimmy to an extent, too. But listen, we, we talk about it time and time again. This Bloodline story, technically, it really revolves around two people. Yes, you have supporting cast members like the Sammies and the Paul Heymans and the Soul Sokoas and the Jimmy Usos. But at the end of the day, the foundation of this whole Bloodline gimmick is between Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. And I think, if I'm a betting man, we're getting Jay Uso and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, baby.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's got to be where it's headed, especially after Jey Uso pins Roman. I mean, that's got to lead to a match between those two at Summerslam. But h- how do you feel about Roman Reigns getting pinned in this match? You agree with it?
0: I, dude, I don't hate it, man. Listen, at the end of the day, I think the story, the chapter we're in right now in this bloodline story, right, is that Roman Reigns isn't fucking Superman. He isn't. He's starting to crack a little bit. And not only with this loss, let's remove the loss away from the conversation. Even by the way he's acting in the ring for these in-ring segments, he's starting to lose it a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's starting to have a little bit more temper tantrums. He's starting to like. He's starting to crack. This is the chapter we're in. So I don't hate the fact that Roman Reigns got his first loss. Well, his first pin loss, right? It was going to happen anyway. And Poetic Justice, it was Jey Uso that did it, right? Fast forward to SummerSlam, if we indeed get this match. Listen, I love Jey Uso, but he ain't being Roman Reigns for this universal title. It's not happening. That is not happening, alright? Roman's gonna retain, and then we'll see what happens next. What I'm curious to see, this is what I'm curious, because I am, I'm am enjoying this, this level of storytelling that we're, we're, we're getting right now. I, I love it. I love the fact that Jey got the win, and I think we're gonna get the SummerSlam main event. But then after that, if Roman does re- retain, which that, that's, that's, I'm, pu- I'm putting all my chips in there. Roman's gonna retain. What are we telling after that? Does the bloodline civil war continue? Is Jimmy gonna get a shot at it? Is Solo gonna turn on Roman and maybe he's next in line? Or are we gonna get a brand new opponent from Roman? Because if that's the case, you better start building some guys, fam. You got fucking AJ feuding with fucking Karrion Cross and a few that nobody gives a fuck about. Yeah, you gotta start building, guys. What? Who's going to be the next opponent for Roman after Summerslam?
1: So that's my problem. So like, J pins Roman, and I was very, very shocked. I was very—I mean, everybody, I guess, was stunned. I mean, I just—I just expected them to go with the obvious, right? Pin Solo.
0: <laughs> pin Solo. Listen, or you want Roman Reigns to take a pin? Pin Solo. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the way to go. Maybe it would cause some tension between Roman and Solo. You know, advance the story between those two. It's not what we got. So now this is going to obviously lead to Jay and Roman at at SummerSlam. But Roman's going to win. And then it's going to be over again. And then, again, where do you go? So to me, it just seems like him pinning Roman was pointless. Meaningless in the end. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. I don't know. I'm just trying to analyze this from all aspects here. I feel like this hurt whoever eventually is the one to dethrone Roman. Just a little. Just a little. Not not a lot because whoever ends up beating Roman obviously wins the championship and ends the title reign. But that person will no longer be the first person to pin Roman in three and a half years. Who knows? At that point, it'll probably be four years. Who knows? And that's also a big deal as well as taking the belt off of him. Now that that already happened, now Roman got pinned... That you can't add that accolade to that person's resume, you know what I'm saying? Again, if Jay was gonna be the one to take the belt off of Roman at SummerSlam, then this okay, then I'm fine with, with him pinning Roman in this match. And I know it was a tag match, it wasn't a one on one, so I guess everybody's like, Oh, well, he stole some pinning one on one. So I guess, you know, yeah, if you're looking at it from all aspects and you're going that deep into it, yeah. I don't know, man. I just feel like yeah, like you said, it's obvious that Roman's gonna win. And then where do you go? And then what? The story is over with with Roman and Usos, because when he, when Roman faced Jay, what was that? Twenty twenty? No, 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 no.
0: Twenty twenty. It was a tail end of twenty twenty. Thunder do- Thunder era, tail end of twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, that was the start of this story, right? You would think that Roman and Jay now, everything coming full circle. SummerSlam, one on one. WWE Universal Title, the same title they're going defending against Jay three years ago. You would think this is it. This is the end. This is the climax. This is this is it. I can't see Jay winning. No, I point. can't either. I, I said to you when we were last on the air. I think uh, I said it. I said at this point, as much as I wanted Cody to be the guy, <laughs> Jay Uso's got to be the guy at this point, right? I mean, that's that's it. Jay's finishing his story. He's finishing the bloodline story. That's it. It's coming to an end. It comes- we're going
0: to completely take Cody's gimmick. We're finishing the story.
1: <laughs> you might as well at this point. I just feel like Roman wins. And again, where do you go after this? And I'm not doubting that they don't have a well, plan. Listen, I mean, I, there's been so many twists and turns. Yeah. I don't even know where they're going yeah. with this. But I'm just thinking, again, from a fan standpoint, Roman's beat everybody. This is a just perfect way to end this whole entire thing. But I don't know. I, I, I don't think they're going to do it. If I'm a betting man, I'm betting on Roman Reigns to retain. But I just feel like it would be unbelievable if it happens. I mean, listen, 1,000 days. You already did. You already surpassed 1,000 days. I mean, what? You want to keep breaking more records? You want to break this Hogan record? I mean, whatever the, all these records are of these guys that have these, held this belt for, for, you know, a long time. Just feel like why? Like why do you want to keep breaking records with Roman at this point? End it right here. I, I think it would be perfect at Summerslam for Jay to be the one. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. That's Maybe a. a race, that's a, but you're
0: not. Listen, not really I, I get. Listen, I get. Because the, the same thing happened with Sammy too earlier this year with Sammy. People mm. were behind. Sam, look, and people still love Sammy now. I'm not saying that. But what I'm trying to say is like, you have these moments where first it was Sammy, and now people are really behind Jay. Listen, I think if Jay was to be the guy, hypothetically speaking, I think if Jay was to be the guy to defeat Roman at SummerSlam and win the title, I feel long-term this would probably do more damage to Jay than Jay getting the win last night. And what I mean by that is, like, okay, Jay wins, wins the title from Roman Reigns. Then what? Yeah, I know. I, then, what? Then,
1: everything. W- then what? Then what?
0: Yeah. Then what? Because, listen, I love Jay Uso. He's my guy. He's my guy. I love the Usos. They're my guys. But Jay, they are not gonna I'm sorry, they're not, they're not gonna put that world title on on, on Jay Uso. They're not. They're not. And I I just don't see it. I just it, w- it see. would be it
1: would just be for the moment. For the it moment,
0: one thousand percent. Kofi Kingston
1: esque. Okay, Kofi's mm-hmm. moment is unforgettable. Mm-hmm. We're never gonna forget that, right? Mm-hmm. Got the moment at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. unbelievable. His title run after that, though, was a disaster. I mean, let's be honest. It was a disaster. Can it was, you name it, Besides Randy Orton. Besides I can't Randy even...
0: Orton. That's the only one I can think of. He had that, yeah. that random feud with Kevin Owens, and then it was Randy Orton. And I feel like there was another one there. Samoa Joe for like two. like, but I have no remembrance
1: of that at all. Like, I can't remember that.
0: Because it was, it, unfortunately, unfortunately, besides the Randy feud, besides that one, it was a lackluster ring. And listen, yeah. sometimes that happens. Sometimes yeah. that happens. It happens to the greats. Look at Kenny Omega when he won the IWGP championship, right? That reign, I mean, I wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either, him holding that title.
1: Well, that's, that's I think, in pro wrestling, what stands out the most, I mean, years from now. We're gonna remember the moments more so than we remember the actual mm-hmm. title runs. I mean, with the exception of Roman Reigns' his run, obviously. Gonna... <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, Kofi Kingston's run very forgettable. You're not you're not gonna remember the matches that he had during that reign. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna remember when he beat Daniel Bryan That's at true. WrestleMania 35 right. and won that belt. People will rem- remember SummerSlam 2023, where Jey Uso dethroned Roman. Ended the and ended that historic run, mm-hmm. and then yeah, nobody's gonna really talk about what happened afterwards because I'm sure, like you said, it's gonna be an epic disaster after that because Jay is just not a guy I could see as the WWE champion. Then again, we've we've gotten Jinder Mahal as WWE oh. champion before, so I, I you never say never, like you, yeah, I, you never say never. I, I don't oh, know. Oh man, I, I w- I'm thinking about it here because again, I mean, you can say I, the same. It's like, where do you go when Roman wins? I,
0: I, like I said, I, 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 to me, it's poetic justice. Jey Uso painting Roman Reigns for the first time in three years. I, I think it's great. I think, to me, that does more for Jay than him beating him for the Universal title. I feel long-term, that probably is going to do more damage to Jay, in my opinion. I could be wrong here, but I just don't see it happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, if I'm a betting man, I don't see it happening either. I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see where they go where they take the story from here, because there's so many layers to it, and they got to be careful, obviously, with how they book this, because it's been so good, you don't want to mess anything up. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm really curious to see how they book SummerSlam.
0: I want to throw one last thing, and we'll wrap up on WWE, and we'll cover some AEW stuff. So, I don't know if you noticed, but during these Bloodline Civil War promos or whatever, especially like in the Usos, right? And you know what? You can't even say to a degree Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns does say, like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, but I still love you, all right? They keep on throwing that, like, even the Usos say, like, listen, we're still family, you know, we'll forgive but not forget or whatever, and we're going to go to war or whatever. They keep throwing that out there, right? I don't think it's out of this question. Somewhere down the line, right? Even Roman Reigns is a part-timer where we see the blow line reunite for for, like, a face run. I don't think it's out of the question at all, bro, especially because... During the last two years, them as heels, they've been a merch get. People still love them, even though they're heels. I don't think it's out of this question. And I'm not saying anytime soon. But somewhere down the line, even if it's for, like, uh, uh for just a moment, for, like, you know, not like a long-term thing, but, like, for a short-term program, it would not surprise me where we'll see, like, a reunion of the bloodline where they have to, I don't know, go against like I don't know like like an an Imperium with all the, the titles or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think it's out of this question at all.
1: I mean no. <laughs> I mean look at how many times we got the Shield reunion, <laughs> right? Listen if the money's there, they're gonna do it, you know? If there's a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't see how it's out of the question either. I mean every faction I feel like has gotten back together in one way or another, you know, for a face or a heel run. Um yeah, I don't think it's totally out of the question. I I mean, obviously, we'd probably be talking about years and years from yeah. now because, obviously, the story's not even over. With right, the right, company. right, 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 right. But, um, yeah, man, I I don't put anything past WWE, man. And they could sell the merch. Uh, it's all about the merch and all about the... Oh, the yeah. And, listen, you,
0: and you like know about merch because you're a big merch guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. All right, bro, let's talk about AEW, man. Because, listen, we've been praising WWE... But, like, yo, AEW's had a great week, too, man. AEW put on a fantastic pay-per-view last week of Forbidden Door. But before we talk about Forbidden Door, I just want to get your thoughts real quick. Like, in Canada, right? Well, specifically Toronto, because they had Collision in Toronto, and then they had Forbidden Door in Toronto. They were not for CM Punk at all, let me tell you. (laughs) He went in there, and he expected full-on blues, and he, he played into it, which I think is great. I think... That's what I like about this. Like, CM Punk is smart enough to know, like, ah, you guys are going to boo me? No problem. I'll play into it. I have no problem doing that. So he's adapting to the environment. But what's your thoughts on, uh, I guess, like, how we're starting to see, like, all right, Chicago, he's beloved. We went over to Toronto, and it's, now nah, we want to do it.
1: <laughs> it's not surprising. It really isn't. I mean, I outside of Chicago, this is how he's going to get, you know, perceived by everybody I, I i didn't watch collision last night i don't know if you did you catch it last night i know he was on the show was he booed last what, night so yeah
0: collision was taped on thursday but i did uh catch most of it um last night i was like hey whatever let me just have this on and yeah he he did get a couple of cheers but it was heavily booed too but i'm gonna be honest with you because they weren't in toronto yesterday they were or on thursday they were somewhere else in canada but yeah, yeah. I, listen, I'll be the one to say it. that was a fucking piece of shit fucking crowd. Let me tell you, because during the main event between Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong, right? CM Punk was out doing commentary, right? And there was like a good portion of the audience. Pay attention to the fucking match. No, they're chanting CM Punk. Pay attention to the fucking match. And then you have some like other parts of the crowd, like booing that part of the crowd. And it's like, pay attention to the fucking match. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to I guess it's going to be a mixed reaction every single place that they go for him. I mean, listen, people love him or either love him or hate him, really. I mean, he's he's that type of guy and him, him playing into it is is not surprising either because he's not stupid. He knows this. He knew coming back after this that there was going to be a, a good majority of the fan base that was not going to, you know, cheer him or want him back. I mean, he's again, he's not stupid. He knows that. He knows what a polarizing figure he is. Um I think it's only a matter of time before they pull the trigger on a heel turn. I mean, I would, right? I mean, I think, you know, he'll still get some cheers as a heel, but I think for the good majority, everybody's booing him, so you might as well go all the way, full-fledged heel. I mean, that's the best CM Punk, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. Besides when they're in Chicago, it's just going to be like MJF on Long Island, man. Mm-hmm. When he when, when they have a show on Long Island, he acts like a face. He, mean, you know, he's, he's pandering to the crowd. He's high-fiving people at ringside. He's taking pictures with people after the show. But everywhere else, MJF gets booed, for the most part. I mean, I think some people cheer him, too. Um, But it's just going to be the same exact thing with CM Punk outside Chicago. When they do a show in Chicago, he's going to be beloved. Everywhere else, you're going to get that that mixed uh, reaction.
0: What's interesting, too, uh, and I'm going back to the collision before Forbidden Door. You had the main event between absolute CMFTR versus Bullet Club Gold, you know, with the new members, with the guns or whatever. What's interesting about that match is, not only was CM Punk getting booed in that match, but also FTR. Ricky was getting cheered. The BCG Bullet Club Gold were getting cheered. The CM FTR was not getting cheered at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, even FTR, they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be pulled into that CM Punk reaction uh, because, again, they're buddy-buddy with CM Punk. They come out with him. You know, they, they wrestle together as a trio. They're probably going to get that same reaction too. So, listen, I would m- make CM FTR full-fledged heels. I mean, that's what I would do.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know what's interesting and I do want to cover Forbidden Door, but I had mentioned this to um I had mentioned this to someone yesterday how like what's interesting is like, all right, so we were in Toronto for Forbidden Door and Collision last weekend, and people were not for CMFTR, specifically CM Pond. They wanted nothing to do with him, right? Fast forward to Dynamite, I don't know if you did you watch Dynamite this week? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you paid attention, but the elite didn't necessarily gotta get a full babyface reaction. They got like a couple mixed reactions there. I don't know if it's because they were facing the Dark Order. I don't know if it's because of that. And uh Evil Uno is from Canada. So I don't know if that played a part into it. But like I would have sworn, man, during parts of, of that match, there there were like there were people trying to start a CM Punk chat too. So it so it's 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 interesting to see, especially going forward. These places that are going to be full fledged like hey, we support the elite or we're supporting CM Punk like I feel like New York and New Jersey going to support the elite more than Punk in my opinion I could be wrong here but I feel like this this part might be more towards the elite than you know you know supporting CM Punk but like in other places I'm really curious to see like how is that going to differ
1: yeah yeah no it's gonna be very interesting again they really only have done chicago and now canada right Mm -hmm. so i mean like they really haven't done any any place else i think they're continuing to do canada right i think they're in canada for like the next freaking month um, of of shows you know which is like crazy i know it's different parts but yeah i think they need to do you know more shows in the u.s will really show where they stand with the you know with the reactions um I don't know. I hate the tribalism. I hate the, you know, oh, there's elite fans, there's punk fans. I mean, listen, just like who the hell you like, man. I mean, there really shouldn't be no rivalry here. There really
0: isn't. We get enough enough tribalism in wrestling, right? Like, the last thing I want, and not that I accept tribalism now, but it's like, whatever, it happens. Unfortunately, like, I think it's stupid. But the last thing you want is now you want, now we're gonna have tribalism within the same fucking company. Are you fucking stupid?
1: It's so stupid. It's beyond dumb, so... I don't know. I'm over it. CM Punk's back. Deal with it. Boo or cheer whoever the hell you want. But yeah, to put this line in the sand, man, it's just uh, it's ridiculous.
0: It really is. All right, dude, let's, let's talk about this uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view. So I'm I'm not going to cover the pre-show matches. That's what I'm not going to do, okay? We're just going to cover the main card, all right? Pre-show matches. Um, MJF versus Tanahashi for the uh, AEW World title. Listen, this is my least favorite match of the whole show. All right, yeah. I did not like this match. Um, and listen, it's, it, listen, Tanahashi's moving slower. He's not. It's crazy how a year can make a difference. Because I feel like a year ago when he was wrestling John Moxley, he was a little bit more mobile. Tanahashi, man, I don't know if he's like wrestling through injuries and whatever. And this is not a knock on Tanahashi because, like, listen, you're you're getting older, man. It happens, bro. It happens. Um, but this match is the. the much of nothing for me but what i will if there's anything i do want to praise about this is you know i love how mgf like buries new japan and he goes like i don't watch that shit or whatever yeah you could tell like he studies it like you could tell like he is a study uh, like he studies wrestling right all the wrestling he could put up this gimmick saying like fuck new japan it's an indie company or whatever but like there's elements of that match where like you watch mgf and you're like he knows exactly what he's doing you know what i'm saying
1: Absolutely, yeah. He's smarter than, you know, some people. uh, He's smarter than he he seems, I guess you could say. Uh, But, yeah, 100%. I agree. This match, kicking off the show, didn't do much for me at all. I didn't really know what to expect because I knew Tanahashi was beat up. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, it's his old age, and, yeah, he may be battling through injuries. Who the hell knows? I mean, the guy's old. Again, this is what happens.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yo, MJF should have wrestled Shingo. That's what should have happened. That should have been the match. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, MJF, listen, you know, coming out with the New Japan is in Indy on his gear and all that. And then posting the, you know, the tweet. I don't know if you saw that he scheduled a tweet, yeah. you know, or like he think he was, thought he was going to beat Tanahashi in, like, record time. And then afterwards, you know, he's posted a video of him leaving the show, going to the airport. I mean, that was the main reason why his match went on first, because he didn't want to be there and, yep. and whatever. Um, it it was what it was, but I agree 100%. Did not do anything for me. I was a little just, like, underwhelmed that I was like, "Yeah, this match probably shouldn't have opened the show. But I, I understand, again, storyline-wise, like I just told you, I understand why it did.
0: All right, the next match was CM Punk versus Kojima. This probably might have been the biggest pop Kojima has ever gotten in the States. And I'm not saying... This is not a knock for people that are fans of Kojima. Listen, Kojima, he's a Japanese legend, right? But in my opinion, just for the fact that he was wrestling CM Punk, and it, granted, it's Canada, not the United States, but still... In North America, this is probably the biggest pop he's ever gotten in North America, let me tell you. Um, listen, the match was fine, man. Um, you know, you got two vets in there. Uh CM Punk playing into the crowd. He was he was feeling all these booze. I like CM Punk's gear. I, I think he needs to stick with like the the fight shorts he had, because they weren't like the typical like shorts he used to wear back in the day when he was in Ring of Honor. No, th- these had like a, a fight like MMA short like look to it. I think that's a good look for him. And this match was fine. My only issue, and this has nothing to do with the match, but just about this whole thing was, I hate this Owen Hart tournament. And just like, I get that we're we're honoring Owen Hart, and that's clean. But to me, the Owen Hart tournament should be about people that are up and coming or people that are not showcased for both the men and the women. So for example, this year, right? You want to have Ricky Starks in there? That's fine. You want to have, have powerhouse Hobbs there? That's fine. Hey, you want to have my guy Juice in there? That's fine. But I don't need to see CM Punk. I don't need to see Kojima. I don't need to see Samoa Joe. I don't need to see Dustin Rhodes. Yo, these are all established guys, bro. Yeah. Put guys that are either up and coming or that don't get showcased. It's been two Owen oh, Hart tournaments. Where the fuck is Brian Pillman Jr., who has ties with the Hart family? Where the fuck is he at?
1: My biggest problem, you know, I agree with all of that as well. My biggest problem with this tournament is it's meaningless. Again, it's it's a nice way to Owen, to honor Owen for sure, one hundred percent. Not taking anything away from that, but why doesn't the tournament actually mean something? Why don't we get uh, the win? Why doesn't the winner get a title shot? Right? Like, why don't we? Like, why am I so invested in this tournament? And why would I care who wins and loses? Because what is the guy or girl going to get? They're going to get a trophy from what we saw last year and a pink belt to wear for one night like like adam cole and Britt baker wore that for double or nothing and i don't think afterwards anything came about from they that.
0: they wore the they so they wore it they they showcased that they had the, the, those titles i don't even want to call it the, the 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 heart belt right they had those belts the day they wanted when they got presented for the belt and then they showed up with those belts to the following dynamite and then that was it that was it. Yeah, see it like the Andre
1: Trophy, Andre the uh, Memorial Battle Royal that WWE does. Oh, you get you get your name on the trophy, and then the guy carries it around for, like, a few weeks, and then that's it. Then all of a sudden the guy doesn't come out with it anymore, and it's done. It's gone. I just feel like the Owen Hart Cup could really benefit from, like, having the winner get something. Again, world title match or, you know, like, anything, you know? like a Or they could even do a money in the bank route. The guy gets a contract to, you know... He could. He has a championship match anytime, any place that he wants. I know you're ripping off the money in the bank gimmick, but like, just give me something to care about the tournament. Along with what you said too, how we don't need established guys in there. Again, CM Punk, if he wins this tournament, what's it gonna do for him? You know,
0: well, he loves Bret Hart, so.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's basically yeah. Whatever.
0: I, I do. I I hate it. I hate it. Like I, I like that they're they're having a tournament to honor Owen. That's clean. But I just yes. feel like. The concept of it, like, even last year, as much as I love Adam Cole and Britt Breaker, they did not need to win those tournaments. There's no no reason why Adam Cole and Samoa Joe should have been the final of that tournament. No reason whatsoever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And it looks like this year we're going to either get CM Punk or Samoa Joe in the finals. And, uh, you know, I don't really – I forget what the other side of the bracket looks
0: like. So so technically, we're already at the semifinals for this fucking tournament, right? On one side, you have Joe and Punk, and the other side, you have Hobbs and Ricky.
2: Yeah,
1: all right. Well, I mean, I guess one of this, I mean, I hope Hobbs or Ricky wins, right? But, I mean, I can't see either one of those guys going over CM Punk. So, I don't know. I mean, CM punk got to be the front runner to win this. I'm. Mean, but, again, who cares? And that isn't my point. It's like, who cares? It doesn't mean anything, you know?
0: My biggest like, takeaway from this conversation is you pretty much saying the Owen Hart Cup is Andre the Mo- Andre the Giant Memorial Battle <laughs> Royal Jace. It that's... is.
1: I hate to say that because God, that's like a slap in the face to all. What it is, you're not wrong. It is. I mean, tournaments should mean when you win a tournament, you should get a title shot. That's how it works in New Japan. Why doesn't it work in any of these U.S. based companies? Right, like any of these companies in the Northeast. Why doesn't any tournament automatically result in a title shot? I mean, that's what you're there for, right? That's what pro wrestling's about. Is become champions. You know, you don't you don't win a in a pro wrestling match to hold a trophy up. What are we five years old? Like, it's just, it's stupid. The whole thing is meaningless.
0: Meaningless. Well, CM Punk ended up defeating uh, Kashima and even though he was getting booed, okay, heavily, he did uh, raise up uh, Kashima's hand, and then he threw a line in there when he was walking away. He was like, and that's how you get it done, or that's how you do it, or something like that. So uh, I don't know. He was taking another shot or whatever. I don't know what he meant by that, but, um, yeah, I, the match was fine. I, you know, the, the fans were invested, in the match was fine. Okay fatal four-way for the AEW International Championship, which is Intercontinental Adjace at this point, which that's not a knock. I'm just saying that that title is elevated and the is doing a great job with it. So he defended the title against Zack Zaber Jr., Shibata, and Daniel Garcia. This match is fine. Um, how do you feel about Daniel Garcia's Alex Wright gimmick now, where he's just fucking dancing randomly for no apparent reason? Listen, I I, I don't dislike it, but I don't like it either. I think it's think it's just stupid but i don't mean stupid in a bad way i just think it's stupid like it just it is what it is um he's very alex right jace that's the best way to put it
1: yeah pops me for sure <laughs> um that you know i don't know i mean i like to take daniel garcia a little bit more serious yes uh, me too
0: me too me too
1: character at this point but i don't know I mean, the match was fine like you said oc yeah. just the champ it's not really a surprise mm-hmm. um I feel like that's going to be a lot of, the, I mean, outside of obviously the big one. I feel like a lot of these matches we're going through, you're just going to be like, the match was fine. Because again, like.
0: Okay. All right. All right. You know what? This is what we're going to do. It's not a jungle boy. The match was fine. And <laughs> listen, I think the biggest takeaway here was, you know what? Hold on. Actually, I do have some thoughts about this match. This match to me feels like both guys didn't really want to wrestle each other. And they just did the match. Just to be the catalyst of what we got after the match, where it was um Jack Perry turning on hook, you know, the turn was fine, okay, but man, fast forward to dynamite, I was not feeling this Jack Perry segment. I wanted a new theme song, and I feel like what's um, what's the best way to show that you're a heel? Throw on a leather jacket, throw on some sunglasses, and you're a heel 1000%. And listen, I'm not I'm not writing off Jack Perry. That's not what I'm doing cuz I like Jungle Boy. I do like him. But I need a little I need something more, man, and hopefully he'll get there. But his promo on Wednesday night was not doing it for me.
1: Yeah, no, it didn't really hit for me either and, you know, I'm going to be a little bit more patient. He's still young. Yep, yep. He's never played the heel character before, mm-hmm. so he's got to get his footing here. Um I mean, everybody remembers Britt Baker fumbling yep. in the back. Yep. Real hard, her first uh, heel promo, right? And now, you know, I guess now she's a babyface. But we saw how good she ended up being as a heel. So I'm going to give Jungle Boy some time. Um, yeah, he's going to have to change his theme song. I know he, he already alluded to it pretty much when he came out. Uh, yeah, it didn't hit for me either. And I don't really love how, like, you know, he's feuding with Hook and it's going to be for the FTW title. I mean, I guess what else are going to do with Jungle Boy right now? I just don't really know why. It's, again... Going back to why should we care, care about the Owen Hart Cup? Why should we care about the FTW title? I mean, the title's not even an actual sanctioned title in the company. They 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 say that all the time. So it's like when you tell me that, you're giving me more reasons to not give a shit about this belt. What if so? I, Jungle Boy does end up winning, and maybe he's the one to be like thrown into yeah.
0: the trash. Yeah, you, you you just as a Medusa, com- you completely read my mind. I think yeah. Jungle Boy is gonna win the title and then just either like destroy it or like throw it in the trash. I feel like that's what he's gonna do.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Okay, but yeah, well, we'll I'm gonna be a little bit more patient yeah. with this heel turn.
0: No, no, no. I, listen, I'm like I said, I'm not writing off Jungle Boy, but this what happened was, and I just did nothing for me. But you know what did do something for me, and that was this fucking ten man tag, BCC versus the Elite with Eddie Kingston. I thought this ten man tag was fantastic, and yeah. I love the story they were telling within the match where Mox and Eddie wasn't really trying to like go at it full force and to the point where i think eddie like saved mox from getting like super kicked or something towards the tail end of the match and then ishi picks up the win you know what's so dope too i don't i always notice like body language sometimes right and when the leak came out ishi was already in the ring and kingston was already in the ring right i love how the young bucks and hangman page instantly, like, said what's up to Ishii because, like, you know, they've had their wars back in New Japan back in the day or whatever. So, you know, this is, in a weird, this is, like, very odd pairing because, like, they were more against each other in New Japan than ever being, like, in the same team. But I love seeing, that, like, the little body language between them, like, you know, and then e- also Ishi doing the same thing with them. Like, you know, this is probably, like, the first time they've seen each other in a while. So I, I love seeing that.
1: Right, right. right. Yeah, I think that's... I, I called that, too, where they gave each other fist bumps and stuff like that. Uh, when they got in the ring, yeah, it was pretty cool. And, I mean, Ishii's had so many s- classic battles in New Japan with Kenny Omega, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, they've always been on opposite sides of the spectrum. Uh, but, yeah, weird pairing, but it worked, obviously. You know, ichi has got the history with Mox. And yep. I love the, uh, I love that chop war or the <sighs> chop battle, whatever you want to call it, where the guys are just chopping the shit out of each other. And then even, like, everybody else gets in the ring, they're brawling, and then all of a sudden they're still chopping each other. I thought that spot was really, really fun, and, um, yeah, it was a great showing by Ishii, obviously. I, I think this dude is, like, one of the best pro wrestlers out there. And he's very underrated and yep. underappreciated. Because every time he's in there, man, he gives you everything. In Him these. and
0: Moss put on a banger on Wednesday night.
1: Absolutely, yeah. As, as as you knew they would. I mean, like I said, he every time Ishii's in there, he delivers 100%. I thought everybody was great in this match. It furthers, obviously, the BCC elite feud here um ishii picking up the win was cool you yeah. know it's kind of hard when they do this new japan versus AEW stuff because it's like obviously for the most part you'd think the AEW guys are going to go over but it's nice to see like in this match instead of having like you know hangman get the pin or one of the bucks get the pin nah. you have
0: ishii yeah
1: pin, you know so i like that that was cool um i also
0: like the um and they, and they acknowledge this on commentary too how uh shoda and um Takesha, this was like the first time they've ever worked together. But for whatever reason, they had natural chemistry, and I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they really did. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, this match was great, man. I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, just to fast forward on Dynamite, uh, Mox and fucking Ishii put on a banger too. It kind of reminded me a, a little bit of their G1 Climax match they had a couple years ago. And then at the end of the match, I don't know if, they, if you caught this, but the camera, you see fucking just Mox and Ishii just laid out on the ground like they just went to war. And then Mox slowly just... He gives him, like, a kiss. Like, he kisses his hand and then just puts it on Ishii's forehead. So I don't know. I, I, You know, sometimes like that, it it depends, right? Where, like, sometimes I wish we didn't see stuff like that because that was, like, a moment they had. But at the same time, I don't mind seeing shit like that where it's like, of course, bro. They just went to battle with each other, man. And obviously they do, you know, outside kayfabe, breaking kayfabe. They have respect for each other, right? So right, I, little moments sh- like that is so cool at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's a show of respect. It's great. I, I love little shit like that.
0: Um, Tony Storm, Willow Nightingale. Yeah, you know, the match <laughs> was what it was, bro. And they're both great performers. I love Willow. I love Tony. But you know what they should have done here? You know, to, to make this match matter even more? Just have a fatal four-way champion showcase match. You could have thrown Willow. You could have thrown Tony. You could have thrown Chris, and then you could have thrown um, who's the other champion in there? And um, there's someone else. I was thinking of oh, um, Athena, the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. You could have had a fail. And who's the superior champion? You could have done something like that, and I feel like the fans would have been invested more. I, I don't know, man. You already know my feelings about the Outcast, man, and. Tony Storm's the world champion and I feel like she's a fucking afterthought.
1: She is. Yeah. I mean the whole, whole women's division as a whole is really an afterthought. I mean, Chris Statlander is doing some good stuff with mm-hmm. the TBS uh, women's yeah. title, but yeah. other than that, women's division is a mess. Listen, like, you know, like uh, my buddy, Brian was at the show um, for forbidden door and you Hold know, on, your,
0: your, your, your boy was at the, sh- at the forbidden door show. Oh, nice, forbidden. nice, nice, nice.
1: Um, and he, he said, like, you know, like, as soon as Tony Storm's music hit or Willow, whoever came out first, he said everybody just jetted for the, uh, you know, the the bathrooms and stuff. That's just unfortunately how it's going to be. Um, I, and I said, you know, I think if Mercedes was in this match, you know, mercedes Manet if she didn't get hurt, maybe people would have been more interested in this. You know, it's Sasha Banks' first time in AEW. Like, I think a lot of people would have been, you know, dying to see that. But again, this match wasn't really built up. Nobody, I mean, there's no reason to care, right? Like, you know, you don't expect Willow to go over. There's got to be one match that people have to use the bathroom for, and unfortunately, it's always going to be the women's match, and that's always how it's going to be, unless it's booked correctly, which AEW really has yet to book this division correctly. I mean, it's still a freaking mess. Nobody's going to care. And it's unfortunate to say I I love Willow, I love Tony Storm, but, yeah, I mean, Tony's an afterthought as a champion. Outcasts are absolutely awful. And, yeah, I mean... (laughs) That's really it. Not much else going on.
0: No, you're right. You're right. Um, it's unfortunate, man. It really is because they have the talent. It's just they're not. Listen, it, it, we 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 have the same criticism about the women's tag division in WWE, right? They're just not putting in an effort, and they're just not putting an effort here. Besides, I feel like the stuff that Chris is doing. Listen, I think Chris is doing a fabulous job with the TBS Championship. She she's defending it. She's having competitive matches. So I think she's doing a great job with that. Besides that. This whole women's division is still a fucking mess, bro. Like, you have the talent right there. What's so hard of just booking the right programs? They just don't book the
1: right challengers. It just looks like, even for a while, Jamie Hayter had no competition. It seems like Tony Storm right now has no competition. Unless, you know, Jamie's coming back and then they're going to do the match at Wembley, whatever. But even still, it's like they just don't build anybody up. It looks like they're going all in on Sky Blue. For the time being, at least.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But again, they're going all in on Sky Blue, the freaking Owen
0: tournament, the women's Owen the Owen. Cup. Yeah, but again, you know. Listen, is, airs. But you know what? If if you was to book this properly, instead of having people that are established, right? Someone like Sky Blue winning the Owen, if especially if there were some more stakes besides the the pink belt and the trophy, right? Sky Blue would be a perfect person to win the Owen.
1: That's the and and that's how you build a star by having her win the tournament and get a title shot. Mm-hmm. Again, having her win the tournament and then do nothing afterwards, it's like okay, she, she could always get a title shot after she could come out on the microphone and be like, hey, Tony, guess what? I won the Owen. I want a title shot. But like the fact that the tournament is not based around a title shot is the problem. So I don't
0: know. All right, let's talk about something that we're all very excited about, and that's Osprey Omega 2. All right. Um going into this match, right? First of all, the the, the video package for Osprey, leading into not his uh, United Empire theme, but the Elevated, big pop for me, big pop. I love both his theme song, his heel theme, and the Elevated theme, but just hearing that Elevated, just you know, especially because you don't hear that all the time now, uh, mm-hmm. it just hits so differently. So Osprey comes out, and he, you know, there are some Osprey support, supporters, but for the most part, it was it was pro Kenny Omega for the for this match, and um. You know, Kenny Omega comes out to his New Japan theme. Great. So going into this match, I thought this match is either going to be as great as their first one or maybe just like a notch below it. That's what I thought, okay? They they just blew the shit out of the water, bro. I. really dude, unreal. It's... <laughs> It's hard to explain how insane this match was, bro, because they told a completely different story at the same time Osprey even getting like his com getting his like revenge, right? Where he was doing some of the similar things that Kenny Omega did to him at the Wrestle Kingdom 17 match. Um the, the, I I watched this match like 3 times this week, bro. That's did how you? This, this, that's how match, how great this match was. And um, the only thing I didn't dislike, which I thought was going to be like, man, why are you doing this? And, and I still wasn't a fan of it, but I was like, the second Don Kallis returned, which I hated that Don Kallis got kicked out and then he still made his return and the referee didn't do nothing about it. I hated that. I hated that 1000%. And I thought watching that, I'm like, this is the reason why at the time, I was like, and this is the reason why I still favored the Wrestle Kingdom 17 match. But then the final minutes of the match was like, okay, never mind. I take that, you know, it didn't it didn't hurt it at all. It didn't hurt it at all. But, um, dude, the, the last couple of minutes in that match with Osprey hitting the one-winged angel and fucking Omega kicking out at one, and then the Tiger Driver 91. Fuck, bro. Oh, dude. It, it, there were so many moments in this match where it's like, How are these two even alive still? And you know what? I remember us saying the same thing during the Wrestle Kingdom 17 match. Yeah. This match was just fantastic. At this point, this is my match of the year. And the Wrestle Kingdom 17 match is number two. Okay? (laughs) Ain't nothing touching those two matches, right? And there's been fantastic matches all year and all across the board. But this match, it's like, how do you follow that? Despite the injury that happens in the main event, there's nobody like there was no way of following this match. I'm sorry, it wasn't. There, there's was no way of following this match. A la Hogan Rock from WrestleMania uh, 17 in Toronto. A la WrestleMania 25 with Shawn Michaels and Taker. There, there was no way of following this match. There was no way. Yeah,
1: yeah, they put they put those other two ma- matches with all those guys in a really really bad spot. The the tag match of the, the whatever it was, the six-man tag, and then Okada and Brian. they put them in a really bad spot after this. I mean, you just knew this was going to be a great match, an absolute banger. I didn't expect it to be better than Wrestle Kingdom. I didn't, I
0: didn't think so either, to be quite honest.
1: God, I mean, you know, these two just worked so well together, and I love how they wrestled such a different yes. match, man. It was like the Wrestle Kingdom one was more about the wrestling. This one was more of a war, where they just beat the shit out of each other, all bloodied and battered, and Osprey putting kenny through the freaking announce desk the, the that uh you know that i don't even know what you want to call it but his his head literally smashing right into that and you know like you could tell you know when they when they smash their head into something they put their arm the arms down whatever so their head doesn't actually go into it but Kenny's was actually like smashing right into the freaking uh thing on the announce desk. And it was like obviously Will's revenge for Kenny putting him through the table. Mm-hmm. Um I just love the callbacks there and I mean, yeah, just super brutal. The Don Callis stuff was awful. I just did not need that yep, in there. Me too. But Alice, I thought when he gave him the screwdriver and, and Osprey used it. I thought I was, that was it. Yeah, me too. And I was gonna I was about to bury the shit out of that because you do not have Osprey win like that. You you just don't. Um, and I'm glad that they didn't have that as the finish. I'm glad, you know, ended up being the way it did. Yeah, I mean, going back to what you said before, how are these guys even still alive? I say this after every single big Kenny Omega match, it's, like, because even you go back to his Okada matches years yeah. ago, I was like, how is this yep. dude even standing? How is, it, how is this dude able to stand after the match? I mean, I, this dude is just, like, indestructible. And same with his matches with Osprey so far, too. It's just been unbelievable. I mean... Yeah, Osprey obviously, one of the best, if not the best wrestler in the world. But Kenny Omega, I mean, it's just out of this world good. Like, it's just unbelievable, and I know we've been saying it for years, but there's there should be no debate anymore on Kenny Omega being the best wrestler or one of the best wrestlers in the world. 1,000%. He's just on another level. He can't, I don't know, it's just like, it's truly unbelievable. I, I was literally left speechless after this because I just did not know what to say um they blew every expectation out of the water and like you said i mean tony had to know that they were gonna kill it like this so to not put them on last and put anybody else who had to follow in the spot that they did i just don't know what he was thinking there um because after this after this the show should have been over (laughs) in my opinion
0: you know another thing about these two is the way they sell for each other man yeah. They the, the, the they, they they like the pinfalls are like just like a mini second of a three, and they fucking get their shoulder up or they kick out. It's just it's so nuts, man. They just have a great chemistry and listen for whatever reason. Listen, Omega can't have a bad match, right? This guy wrestles. He's he's done that already. He's wrestled like a little girl, an inflatable doll, and he he puts on a banger, right? But for whatever reason. For whatever reason, there's always that perfect opponent that just kind of takes Omega to, like, that next level, whether it was Okada, whether it's Moxley, and in this case, Osprey, Man, Omega just hits another level. And then Osprey too. Listen, Osprey's another guy. How can you argue that he's not one of the best wrestlers in the world, too?
1: Yeah, unless you can't.
0: He um, he's just fantastic. And then even afterwards, after the match, them going on to the world on social media, saying praising each other, praising each other. I love Uh, love that, too. You know, and you know what? I don't think this is over yet. I think we're going to get the third bout. I don't know if it's going to happen at all in or at all out or at next year's Wrestle Kingdom, but I don't think this is over. I think we're going to get the trilogy. I think we're going to get the trifecta, bro.
1: Yeah, they already teased it, you know, Omega's promos and uh, Osprey's promos and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's I think it's guaranteed to happen at Wembley. I don't see any better spot than there. I don't really feel like you should hold it off until Wrestle Kingdom. It's really not needed. Um, and then All Out really wouldn't make, make sense when you got Wembley And
0: then, and then we're going to come out of Wembley being like, what the fuck did we just watch? We need number four.
1: <laughs> Bump this match down and yeah. not the other match, you know,
0: you know how ba- if we're going to have to, we're going to privately have to make some hard decisions because if we make one, two and three, Kenny Omega and Osprey, yo, I mean, listen, it's our list. We can do whatever the fuck we want, but at the same time, people are going to destroy us.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. It's not even us being shows though. It's just being the, it's just being honest. I mean, listen, if, if Seth Rollins and Finn Balor did a tri- trilogy this year, right in WWE and the matches were up to par with this, I'd be putting them in the same category. So it's not even like we're just being shills for AEW Mm -hmm. or for these two guys in general. I mean, it's just like, how could you look at anything else Mm -hmm. in pro wrestling and compare it to what these two guys have done? I mean, you can't. I can't even, one and two deserve to be them right now because who else deserves to be in that second spot then?
0: You know what it is too? I feel like sometimes, sometimes this happens when it comes to like trilogies or like, let's say part one and part two. Sometimes the match are so like, the same where it's like you could just put one of those, right? But in this specific case, these two matches are totally different, but still match of the year caliber.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and listen, we got to really um, appreciate these two talents, man. We are so lucky to have them. And once they're, you know, hanging, once they're hanging it up and they're they're gone, man, I don't really know if we'll ever see two professional wrestlers one of thousand this percent ever one- again. Put Okada in that category, too. But those three guys, man. And again, you, can, you can't again, you can't even say AJ Styles at this point. I know, no. I know you love AJ. No, no, no. You're... Yeah, I know.
0: AJ's oh, not AJ. Oh. As much as I love AJ, right? And he had a fantastic also match of your calibre with Seth Rollins. Unfortunately, with AJ, he's one, he's not positioned like these other wrestlers, too. And he's at the tail end of his career. Not saying that he's a bad, not saying that he can't perform. But unfortunately, at this point with AJ Styles, at this point is here. Now, going back 10 years ago. Different conversation, right? When he was New Japan, but or maybe his first couple years in WWE when he was having matches with John Cena, etc. Unfortunately, at this point in AJ Styles' career, he's just not there. All right, and that's not and that's not knocking him.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's it's again, and I don't fault him for being in WWE. You know, he deserves to be there. I'm just saying, like you know, when you talk about the all time greats. Again, he's not even in the category, in my opinion, at the moment, like at all. Like, and I'm not saying if he if he leaves WWE and goes to AEW New Japan and has a banger with Kenny Omega and shows us what, like, you know, why AJ Styles is should be considered one of the best, then okay, I'll eat my words. I'm not even sure he could do that anymore. I I I don't know for sure. I mean, he's he's getting up there in age. He's been in wrestling the WWE style for, god, so many years now. He and again, I, I hate to be sitting here and burying him or make it seem like I'm burying him, but I'm just saying I've always seen comparisons. AJ Styles is the best wrestler, not Kenny Omega. AJ Styles, AJ Styles. Again, if you're not talking about Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, or, or Akata as the three best wrestlers in the world, I can't take anybody else you say serious. To be honest, I
0: will put Rollins in that. C- Rollins right now, he's having a run. Rollins he's is put- having. Ro- Rollins is Teflon at this point.
1: It's it's just different styles, right? Of wrestling, right, I think, and
0: the right. way
1: I. At it is just like what Kenny and Will
0: did. Is Rollins gonna be able to do? I think they- I think just- Rollins and AJ because I feel like they gave us a taste of that at Night of Champions when it's like we have to we're positioned right where it's like we have to kind of go a little bit extra harder than just the WWE style, right? Unfortunately, WWE's is a different element, right? WWE is like a different realm where they don't necessarily wrestle that style. But when it comes to that style that you're talking about, like the Kenny Omega's and the Osprey, of course, they're they're in another stratosphere, unfortunately. And that's not like listen, and that's not a knock on Rollins or an AJ. That is not no, a knock I, on I, them.
1: It's off seeming like like that because I brought it up, mm-hmm. but I'm just I, my point being is that yeah, they're in a different stratosphere. Like that that match is just on a different level than probably anything else you'll see in any other mm-hmm. company in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just.
0: It's just facts. It, it the, the match was fantastic, and I do think we're gonna get to the third match. And um, you know what's I, I mentioned this to you offline before we started hitting record or whatever, and I'll say it now. If I'm New Japan, I'm offering Osprey because I think Ed, they're gonna negotiate for like a, a new deal soon, right? Because I think it wraps up at the end of this year. And well, Osprey has gone on record saying he wants to stick to New Japan. He's he's yeah. confident that he's gonna work out another deal in new Japan. This is coming from Osprey, right? I, if I'm New Japan, I'm giving him everything, all right, including that man deserves a real world title run, bro. He needs to, he needs a run with the title, bro. He really does, man. Make him the guy of of your promotion, bro, because he deserves it, man. He really does.
1: Absolutely, 100. percent He absolutely deserves it. I know he had that short run, got cut uh, short to mm-hmm. injury, but I think he deserves um, a better one, and I think he deserves a. Um, a G1 win. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think this year would be the perfect timing for that. Yep. Um, you know, and get that Wrestle Kingdom main event. And, yeah, man, I mean, I don't I don't see Osprey going anywhere else. Like you said, he said he's going to stick around New Japan. So, yeah, give him the bag. Make him the face of the company and the next Kenny Omega because, and, again, it's not, not Kenny Omega either, but, like, Kenny Omega was the guy and then he left for AEW, right? If you make Will Ospreay the guy, I don't think he's gonna leave. I think he's very—he
0: he doesn't want to leave.
1: He's not going to WWE. I don't. I don't. I mean, never say never. I just can't see that ha- ever happening. So he's gonna be flying that New Japan flag. I feel like for as long as he's still an active wrestler,
0: also and in one way or also in New Japan having working relation with AEW and also Impact, right? Like, well, Ospreay has gone a record. Listen, the, the match with Mike Bailey is going to happen. So. He could go to Impact, and you could have a cross-promotion there. He could also go to AEW, continue having matches. Like, listen, we still haven't gotten him and Bryan. Like that, that, we haven't gotten that match. There's other wrestlers that we would like to see Ospreay have in AEW. So with those working relationships, you could have all those dream matches happen. They're not even considered dream matches. They're just matches that we want at this point, right, that we know could happen, right? But you need Japan needs to give him everything. That's right. the guy you give everything to.
1: They'd be stupid not to.
0: Um, Sting, Darby Allin, Naito versus uh, Jericho, Sammy, Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. I had to go back and watch this match because after Osprey and Omega, I was not even paying attention to this match whatsoever. Could really. Even the, listen, even the the fans in the attendance were deflated. They were just like, (laughs) what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Uh, The match was fine, though. You know, I want to talk about Sting just briefly here. Um, Listen, Sting... He does not have to be doing the stuff that he's doing right now, especially this past dynamite where he took that table bump. Like the man could have died, but he still somehow got up and <laughs> finished the match. And you know what? Even Sting at his at his age, right, taking all these insane bumps and shit. You know what? I'll, I'll be I'll be the one to say it. Even though he shouldn't be doing it, and I'm scared for his life, he doesn't really look bad. <laughs> he doesn't. Um, listen, he looks better than what Taker was doing in the last couple in his last couple of years. So. If Sting's just giving it his all because he know he's going to wrap it up soon, why the hell not, man? It's his de- decision. you know. Am I scared for him? Yes. But you know what? He doesn't look bad doing it. Is he, ga- he gas sometimes? Yes. But he doesn't look terrible like Taker did. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When he does hang it up, it's not like he's going to be hanging it up a shell of his former self. Like, he's absolutely killing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure all these um, spots that he does, all these crazy things, you know, jumping through tables, <laughs> I'm sure it's all his idea. Right. And he wants to do it, you know. And, of course, Tony can tell him no. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. At this stage in his career, like, I mean, like, I guess he just figures, let him just go out and do whatever he wants to do. And, luckily, he didn't get seriously injured. I, I, I-
0: thought the man broke his legs after that table spot. I thought, I was like, dude, that's it. This thing's not getting up. The man was- got up finished the match, hit a Scorpion Deathlock on Jericho, and guess what? He wasn't, like, lazy, bending down. Cr- no, no. He hit it perfectly with no problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the table spot, the tables were a little too far. They should have been a little closer. Would have looked cleaner. I know he said, I think, after Dynamite that he had to get uh, his lip figured out. Mm-hmm. I mean, a busted open lip, whatever, from that. Um, but, yeah, you know, Sting's is doing what the hell he wants, and I don't know when he's going to hang it up. It's probably going to be soon. Um but, you know, let's just enjoy it for, yeah. For, yeah, for now instead of bitching and moaning that he shouldn't be doing this stuff. He's doing it. He's surviving. He's he's
0: fine. <laughs> he's so survived. let's just enjoy it. Yeah, you know? and, and like I said, he looks better than Taker was looking in the last 10 Absolutely. years of his wrestling career. So there you go. All right, main event, Bryan Danson, Okada. Um, Let's start with the beginning, the entrance, Jesus Christ. Chills, instant chills for me just seeing how happy he was. The crowd's reaction, singing the final countdown, great. Fantastic stuff. You can see how generally happy Brian was too, man. Especially because he's playing heel. But he couldn't he couldn't help it. He couldn't help it. Okada came out also fantastic ovation. You know, it's unfortunate because I think the reason why this match didn't live up to expectations was because of the injury. You know, and also the positioning of it. You know, it's a yep. mixed bag. It's a mixed bag of kind of like Osprey and Omega stole the show and just kind of took the energy out of the audience. And then also, unfortunately, Brian um, broke his arm. I don't know if it was like a fracture or broken arm. I'm not sure. I think first it was reported that it was going to be a fracture, that it was uh, a possible fracture. And then looking into it, it seems like it's a broken arm. So I don't know. Rumor was like it was a six to eight week recovery. Now it might be pushed longer. He's going to miss uh, War Games, Blood and Guts, which is unfortunate too. Um, so it's a mess. The whole thing's a mess. But I don't think this match was bad. I think this match was a little bit of a letdown because I think the fans expect a little bit more. But the good thing is, I think we're gonna get a uh we're gonna get a sequel. I I do believe we're gonna get another uh Okada and Brian too, and hopefully it happens at, at the Tokyo Dome. That's my speculation. It'll happen at Wrestle Kingdom, but who's to say? What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean I guess all depends now on the injury, but I do think one way or another we're gonna get a second match. I mean I think we have to. Um, yeah, you know, tough spot. Um after Omega and Osprey and then also too, you know, it's tough being the main event sometimes, because, uh, you know like AEW pay-per-views usually have a hard out at, well, besides one. They usually end at midnight, right? They usually have a hard out at midnight. So you could tell, you know, the match started, I think it was like 11.27, 11.26, whatever, um, you know, Eastern Time. And you just know, like, when it's approaching 11.50, 11.55, you just know when it's going to end, right? I think they could have benefited from having a little bit, uh, a couple more minutes here.
0: Cut a match. Just- Cut a match. Get 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 Sonata and Jungle Boy out of here. Get- right. That's
1: my <laughs> problem. Going back to AEW pay-per-views, they're too long. You didn't have to have some of the matches that were on these shows. You just didn't need it. I mean, okay, yeah, they're not going to put Sting and Jericho on the pre-show. But you know what? I mean, like, if you put them on the pre-show, people are going to watch because they want to see it. That match at six-man tag with Naito could have been on the pre-show. You could have had something else on the pre-show, too. I just felt like these pay-per-views are so long that some of these matches, you know, and Kenny Omega and Ospreay, they had like 35 minutes, I think, close to 40 minutes. I think it was like maybe 37, 38 minutes. They had time. That's why the match was so good. I think Okada and Brian was only like 26 minutes or something like that. Uh,
0: 27.40. Yeah. And,
1: and that's long, okay? Like, you you look at that, and you're like, you know, oh, that's a long match. Uh, hot but, take.
0: Hot take. They should have gave Ospreay and Omega an hour. Let's be
1: honest here. They should have gave him yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like Brian Okada needed more time. Nah, the match yeah, I agree. It was okay. Not what I was expecting. Very disappointed. Very underwhelmed. I mean, I was a shock finish. Did not expect Brian to tap Okada out. But the pay-per-view goes off the air, and you just feel, eh. You know? Like, you just feel very meh. Like you know,
0: I, I thought it, the I thought the paper was really good. I enjoy the pay per view. I thought it was really good pay per view.
1: For what it was, it was fine. I mean, you know, like when you get a dream match show like this, like it's just like it doesn't really do anything to further storylines. It's just kind of just a dream match show, right? You just see matchups you never thought you'd see. I mean, you know, some of them were fine. Omega Osprey was amazing. The uh, BCC Elite Tag Match was great. Other than that, though, I mean, I really can't tell you that I'd go back and watch any of the ma- other matches that were on the show, you know. I well, just don't well, think... It- well,
0: to me, I already told you. Hands down to me, the weakest match was MJF and Tanahashi, right? And I get it. Tanahashi ain't, you know, he's probably wrestling with injury. But everything else was was fine. Some were fine, and some were great.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's basically a good way to sum it up. I mean, it wasn't a bad show. It was just... It was a show that had some good moments, and then some that was just like, eh, you know. Doesn't really matter. Um, but all in all, another successful... Forbidden Door. I think this is what Forbidden Door show should have been. Obviously, no know last year with the injuries and stuff, but yep. this is we they redeem themselves and um, yeah. Now, now the New Japan guys disappear for a little bit, and then they come back next uh, next June for, for Forbidden Door well, 2. Well,
0: okay, so let's um, wrap up with this, and we're about to wrap up. But um, you know, all in it's it's coming, right? All in is coming and then they also made the announcement for all out. It's happening in Chicago. Spoiler, it's happening in Chicago. Again, I'm not complaining cuz I'll be there. But, but but uh all in, if we're getting like the the roots and the foundation of all in, all in had all these different pr- promotions involved and I'm not saying you get a full scale you know, mishmash from everyone, but I don't think it'll be shocking to me and we get a little bit of New Japan influence in the all-in all show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see it. I think, uh, you know, I mean, Osprey for sure. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to bring Okada back in. You want to bring Zack Sabre Jr. back in. Um, yeah, I wouldn't hate that at all. I think they should mainly focus on AEW because, you know, that's an AEW show. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate some New Japan guys coming in here and there uh, to be added on to that. So, yeah.
0: So... If I had to take a guess, I'm thinking all in is gonna be like a three o'clock start time, just based on how money of the bank was that weekend. If I'm not mistaken,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I really didn't actually think of that, but yeah, you would assume so because they yeah. if they do it at eight p.m. Eastern. That's like the middle of the night over yeah. there. Yeah.
0: So yeah. I'm thinking it'll be a, a three o'clock start time. All right, so we finally got the announcement. All all out's gonna be in Chicago. All right, how do you feel? Th- <laughs> what? You know what's so funny? When they made this announcement, right? Uh, friend of the show, Brian Zenthik, he sends me a message. He goes, like, <laughs> he sends me the roll eyes emoji. And he's like, oh, Chicago again. I'm like, hold on, hold on, Brian, hold on. You actually thought that All Out was going to be somewhere else. Where else. And then he goes, like, he goes, like, can a man dream? And I was like, I respectfully give you one of these.
2: <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself.
0: <laughs> All Out is not going to be somewhere else, bro. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the only thing they switched up was going from the now arena or the Sears Center, whatever you want to
0: call it. Which is to... not in Chicago. That's outside of Chicago.
1: Right, right. So now now you could actually say that All Out's... All Out's actually making its Chicago debut. Were... There you go.
0: There you go. There you go. They're twisting the oh, turn. Okay. And... So what's interesting about this, too, is um, we're not going to... They're kind of getting the essence, and I don't know how this is going to play a factor All well, Out, even though... I believe the not the press release, but when they made the announcement, it did have like All Out Weekend on it, and that's Starcast. We're not getting a, a uh sure. now we're getting like a Starcast, just kind of going back to the original All In stuff, right? Um, yeah. So I'm curious to see, see the th- th- What's interesting about All Out Weekend is like all these other pe- all these other promotions piggyback off of it, right? So when Starcast they did the SummerSlam weekend in, in, in um, Tennessee, Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. You had all these promotions, you know, back off of StarCast, like GCW and Black Label Pro and all these in New Japan. So they ran shows with the StarCast gimmick and, you know, whatever. I'm curious to see because I doubt GCW is going to run that venue outside of Chicago in Carajo land for if they're going to do another Art of War games or whatever it is. I doubt they're gonna do it outside of Chicago. You would think they would do it in Chicago, because now All Out's in Chicago.
1: Well, Starcast is still at the same hotel.
2: Where's that, they, that at?
1: It, it's in the Schaumburg area.
2: Oh. It's, the, one, it's oh. the same. Congratulations! They did. You
0: played yourself.
1: Same one they've been. They did for All In, and then they did it for. Um, were you at All Out 2020? 2020,
0: uh, one. 2021. No, did they do it for 2021?
1: I feel like did no. No, 20, 2019.
0: No, nah, I didn't do that.
1: Yeah, 2019. No. They did it at the same... Um, they did it the, It's the same place where they did All In. It's at, like, I forget what the hotel is. Uh, so I,
0: StarCast is still happening, not in Chicago. It's happening outside of Chicago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know I don't think going to do that same building that they ran last year and, and year prior. Oh,
0: joy. Oh, joy.
1: I'm wondering too if they like run that Saturday too because collision. I mean collision yeah so like do they want to go head to head with that I mean I don't know I'm GCW is a diehard fan base I'm sure those fans will still want to go to yeah. GCW versus Collision but Brett I mean,
0: do us he, a favor don't don't go against Collision do it on Friday give me right. Art of War against Friday give it to me Friday
1: <laughs> right right yeah because. uh. Yeah, there's no rampage live on Friday. So,
0: but, but, but nobody watches rampage anyway. So. And
1: yeah, nobody cares anyway.
0: Yeah. yeah, give it. Yeah, Brett Lauderdale, if you're listening to this show or if you're watching us on Facebook Live or YouTube, do Art of War games on Friday night. Not, it makes sense, not, not, not Saturday. Don't do it Saturday. Don't do it Saturday. Yeah, don't head to head, man. Come on. Man, we'll see what they fucking do there. All right, bro. That's it, man. We covered a lot, man. We covered money to the bank. And we covered Forbidden Door. And I don't think there's anything else that we need to cover. Those those were the, the two headlines of this fucking week.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's uh, going on besides those two things. And now we're headed towards SummerSlam. We got, uh, you know, all-ins the next AEW show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the summer rolls on.
0: Yeah, listen. Wrestling's in a great place, man. You know, WWE successfully doing the the, the UK stuff. And now AEW's going to get a crack at it in August. Um You know, I think, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, whatever promotion that you follow, whatever, I don't think you should complain because there's a lot of great shit out there. Fucking this past weekend, too. I think Impact had like a great tour in Australia as well. So all around, like, you know, whatever you like or whatever you watch, like there's there's an option for you. You don't have to fucking crap on something you don't like just because you like something else better. Just watch what you like, man. Everything across the board is fantastic
1: many options out there if you can't find one thing you like then i guess you should hang it up and go find something else to watch and find another passion and a hobby because i mean you know even if you just enjoy enjoy impact you know mm-hmm. even if you literally just love impact and hate wwe hate aew just like you know the small promotion then that's why impact is there mm-hmm. it's there's something for everybody so
0: one thousand percent all right bro that's it man ryan give me your plugs in
1: all right, I Looch Outsiders on Twitter. You know, I was actually going to live tweet. Wow. Yesterday. Wow. Big years. It's the day that Twitter is broken. Oh. I don't know if you're aware of this guy. No, or you're not
0: no guy. I'm not a Twitter guy. I had no clue.
1: For a good majority of the day yesterday, so nobody could tweet Money in the Bank stuff and and or anything like that so it was very tough to i mean you listen i always like i said this before how i like to watch a show and not go online i just like to watch it and not see what everybody's saying about it um so it was okay for for me but um i know a lot of people were like having heart attacks over here because you know they couldn't go on twitter during a wrestling show um but i was actually gonna lie tweet it and i didn't but go follow lucha outsiders on twitter because you never know the next live show i'll tweet hopefully when twitter's not broken
0: Uh, Leo, anything you want to add on?
2: Losradio.com
0: That's it? Yeah. Okay, quick and simple. All right, (laughs) you can follow me at Rated R since 87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you missed anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, CyClone, we're going to be fancy Apple Podcasts, Tune in, La Mescla, Losradio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we're doing something with it. I don't know what, but we're doing something with it. You know, it's a thing. It's a gimmick. Uh, next week, maybe there'll be a show. Maybe there won't be a show. We'll figure it out. You know, stay it's a It's stay tuned. It's a summer. Regardless, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Regardless, listen. It's, the summer's tough, man. The summer's tough. Ryan, you could, you know, you could add on your two cents to this. The summer's tough. You know, people are out. I mean, we're doing yeah. shit, so it, it's rough. And you know, we got vacations, traveling, this and that, and you know, Leo's Especially, got a family. Especially, you
1: know, like you can't really see. I who knows? Never say never in the wrestling business. But, I mean, I can't see anything drastic happening this week that's, like, you know, urgent to talk about. I mean, who knows, you know? We'll see. Never say Fair never.
0: But, uh, <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday night hits. Bro, we got to do an emergency podcast.
1: Let's hope it's something good, though. Let's hope you it's are, not something tr- You,
0: you know, remember like, remember the Cody news? Um, I hit you up like when the news broke. Ryan, please tell me you're available tonight. We got to do a show.
1: Yeah, yeah. Emergency pod, maybe. Who knows? Uh,
0: I actually don't mind those. But, you know, when we do, like, Emerging <laughs> Pot, because it's just like, holy shit, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it now. they're worth it. Yeah, they're worth it. You know? Yeah. You All right, but... Not like Rampage. <laughs> but hopefully we don't get that, you know? But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe there'll be a show next week. Maybe they won't. But until um, then, for our Double Ryan Radar, for the old man Leo, yeah. I'm your truly Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar, and stay too sweet. Goodbye.
2: Mwah, and good night bang!